0: welcome to here come the sequels a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time i'm tyler
1: and his name is john c i'm i'm alex and over here from downtown it's britain and i'm back again this is joseph He's
2: he's from uptown,
0: but he didn't want to. In,
2: yeah, the woods really. So. <laughs> we got my a real uptown
0: I Saturday think, I night. I think my ultimate goal uh, is is for us to just recruit so many random guest stars onto the show that we can have like a like at least one podcast where we do a full like hairspray style intro where it's everyone just Tyler, Alex, <laughs> Joseph, Britt, and then like, it goes on. Yeah, right? And I'm.
3: <laughs> All right, eventually we'll build up our own podcast universe and we'll become the Avengers. Correct. I'm into that. The podcast. Right, you got to start working on the
1: musical number. I apologize that my uptown joke was uptown Saturday night. I should have said it's quiet uptown to reference Hamilton. I apologize. Uh, I'd like to thank my family for their support, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna do better next time. <laughs> so, uh, what do we watch? Uh, what is this? Uh, what do we watch this week, Tyler? <laughs> what did we watch this about? week?
0: We watched Bumblebee.
2: Yes, for our uh, 150th a Transformers episode
0: story. spectacular. Yeah, we we've, we've got the whole gang here for the big 150th episode. Uh, it is the second anniversary episode we have centered on a transformers movie because that is where this podcast got its start and let's pray it's the last (laughs) let's see if we've outlived the transformers (laughs) franchise after beginning with it um yeah it's a movie alex give us the
2: the stuff (laughs) okay so bumblebee directed by travis knight from 2018 it has a 92 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes and a 75 percent audience score and I believe... Let me look real quick. I'm pretty sure... Well, definitely for critics, that's the highest. Both of those, oh, yeah. I'd imagine, are
0: the highest. Yeah. Maybe the first Transformers?
2: Yeah, I think the first Transformers actually has a higher audience score. Yeah. And then... Yeah. What is it? It's 86% is what I have written from when we okay. recorded that. So.
1: Yeah. Tyler, Britton, somebody take it away. As the person who liked this movie the most, should I go first or last? I'll, I'll go
2: last. I'll, I'll, be, as the person I'll be, who probably I, liked this movie the least, should I go first or I was going to say, I
0: think we've got a sliding scale here. Yeah, start. You, you go, uh, Alex. Oh,
2: oh sure. dear God. Well,
0: Alex is, is about something? to take a drink. Joseph, I'm calling. I'm tapping you with <laughs> <laughs> What, for favorite thing, worst thing? Oh, and also, real quick, um, I should probably specify, in case this audio is just the worst, uh, we, are, we are doing a new format where last time we had all of us in the same room, which you, I would imagine would make... Worse than this one will turn out, but we'll see. It sounded fun, though. uh, But yeah, basically, we we have two of us over in one undisclosed location, and two of us in another undisclosed location over uh, web conferencing here. So uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. This should be interesting.
3: Okay,
2: it's a complete nightmare.
3: (laughs) So uh, for my best thing, I honestly have to say their artistic choices on the Transformers. I thought they did a really good job. Agree. of making it so that you're not looking at a bunch of mm-hmm. piles of metal punching each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice, and it keeps it clear. Um, and 100%. I honestly like the the kind of old style they went with, more true to the original content. Um, and then in terms of my worst thing, it's definitely got to be the unnecessary transformation about two-thirds <laughs> through the movie. Um, the two evil Transformers came flying in as like the airplane and helicopter modes, and then landed, went to their car modes, and then transformed into their more humanoid forms. <laughs> and it's not like they drove another 200 feet or something. They literally just transformed twice, just, I guess, to show off the transformation. I don't know. Was this when um, they
1: were going to, like, landing in front of all the military people? I believe so. Okay. Uh, no, it's a,
2: it's, so I wonder oh, if that no, was like a power move. Was it after that? <laughs> I think it's when Charlie and Bumblebee are escaping John Cena and the military uh, guys. Okay. And then the Decepticons go and confront them. Neat. Bonus points. Does anyone remember the names of those two Decepticons?
1: Shatter and
0: Dropkick. All right. Bring Boom. When, when they do the not night. say
1: them in the movie, I believe.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, did they even get listed <laughs> in the movie? There's a guy. I, I what's What's the name of the first Transformer who takes out Bumblebee's voice? thing um Scream. it's no it's blitz something no, no, it's, it's
2: not starscream correct everyone was flipping out when they saw the original trailer and they're like oh god is that starscream that looks awesome and then it's not starscream <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i think well because i only know that their names are that because i looked up who played them on imdb sure angela yeah. bassett and justin theroux fascinating um, yeah but yeah i uh I, I remember there was the one guy that they killed whose name was, like, Cliff Diver or something. They were beating yeah. him up on Mars. Cliff Jumper? Cliff, 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 cliff Hanger. Cliff Jumper, Hanger. Like that.
0: Hanger? Cliffhanger.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <These> <laughs> cliff Hanger, yeah. Cliff! His name's cliff. cliff, okay. Yeah, he's named after his favorite uh, Sylvester Stallone movie, <laughs> Cliffhanger,
0: Which
3: they're doing a remake on. Aren't they really? Oh, dear. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> really excited about it.
1: Uh guy I can't wait to come out and see my new movie, uh... I'm sorry, that's me.
0: It's like slowly transforming into a drunk Arnold (laughs) X. Which I guess is kind of a semester I don't have a lot of. I have a
1: really good Michael Caine celebrity impression. That's kind of the only one I've got. (laughs) But anyway.
0: Uh, So that was your worst thing, Joseph? Yes. Oh, yeah, you did did say your best and worst. Okay. The unnecessary transformation. But the best thing was the the robot designs. All
1: right. I agree with those designs, though. They looked. Yes. It was a lot. It, it, they were more colorful. They made a lot more visual sense, and yeah, they were just easy to sort of. They weren't. It wasn't I, this overload of of parts. Yes,
0: and and kind of going off that, I'll go ahead and, and jump in with my best thing. I think my best thing is, as an extension of that, the fact that this movie makes me. I am. I am not someone who grew up on the Transformers franchise or like yeah. the, the cartoons or anything like that or the toys, but like watching this movie, this feels like oh, this is probably what those fans wanted. Right when those that media or basically when they announced that they were doing live action versions of this because like the robots look neat they look cool they they, the transformations are really neat the action i think is, is quite good absolutely um i was surprised how much i enjoyed the action in the final act because like you can see what the robots are doing, and it's it's neat. It's, and like, it's at night. Yeah, <laughs> so you would think it would be. And yeah. Stuff, yeah, and and so you can actually tell what's happening, and like there's some cool stuff. Bumblebee kills a robot with a with a ship. Uh, <sighs> so that was neat. Boat boat kill for the win. That's not even my favorite um, kill in the movie. And yeah, there, there's there's just a lot of a lot of good stuff with that they do with the robots. Um, we'll have to talk about the intro on Cybertron because I I don't know about that in terms of like the the structure of the movie. But it is, it's still like, you look at that Cybertron and like the robots all fighting around in there versus like, what, what, was it Fall, Revenge of the Fallen that they showed? Was it Cybertron? They did, show
2: Cybertron quite a few times. And in the Bayformers movies, they are just gray hunks of metal. Like, and there's it looks no, awful. there's, <laughs> there's, there's no different ways of delineating between each of the types of robots. Yeah. Like, it's very clearly. They are great generic robots. Then they get to Earth, scan whatever car they're going to turn into, and that's how they get their design. Yeah, That's how it's set up in the Bayformers movies.
0: Which is dumb, because it looks awful whenever they show Cybertron in the Bayformers movies. Um, Yeah, this was
1: a weird, like, they could already transform when they were on Cybertron. It
0: raises some questions, but I I don't care that much about the questions, because, like, this is a movie about Transformers. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You'd think that would be... I don't know. I think I, I,
1: I think this movie wears the inherent dumbness of its yes. premise a lot better than the other movies. Yes, 100%. Cuz it doesn't try to turn it into like a gritty cool bro sweat, you know, <laughs> kind <laughs> it's of thing. A gritty
0: cool bro sweat. Like, it just goes like,
1: yeah, look, we got, it. come on, it's based off action
0: figures, it's based off <laughs> Exactly, yes, yes. We're going to infuse it with some And pathos, so, like, but... the Cybertron fight looks neat. I mean, I, I, I'm I not, like, a, a massive fan of it, but, like, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was cool, it was, it was decently shot, and I, I got to see the robots fighting each other. It was Thought a really was good fine. preface yeah.
1: to what the action sequences would yeah. be later. Yeah. Optimus Prime got to add to his kill count.
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then some really smooth... of them all.
1: Yeah, some, like, uh, John Wick-style stuff in there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yep. It's not, cool. not as good. I don't know. But.
2: I get excited when Optimus Prime is like, "I'm going to kill everyone." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I shouldn't be excited by that, but I think it's hilarious. <laughs> sure, sure. This is uh, when we reveal that Alex's last name is Snyder.
2: <laughs> <laughs> see, see, my my biggest complaint is that Optimus didn't shoot Bumblebee right between the eyes.
1: Because
2: you know? that's really how you deconstruct a character: is they murders all of his friends.
0: Yeah.
1: His voice always seems to come from somewhere else, too. Like, everybody... Else, his voice always <laughs> seems like it's voiceover narration. Right, Just right. the way they mix that, his dialogue. I guess they're trying to make Optimus sound more uh, yep. powerful or something, but it always just sounds like he's off-screen. <laughs> My mother always told me about big robots.
2: <laughs> uh, and then I learned that I was a big
0: robot. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of like box of big robots. <laughs>
1: So what was your worst thing, Tyler?
0: Um, I think my worst thing. It's hard to. I'll, I'll have to talk around this a bit because, like, it's a general vibe I get, which is that this movie. Well, f- for one, it's kind of a two-part thing that I think makes up my my overall feelings about this. The movie, a feels like, I mean, it feels like the the first entry in a cinematic universe that we would have gotten in like 2007, mm. or I mean, I guess by then they pro- probably like 2000. Ten maybe I don't know. Two thousand nine was a bad year for movies. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, but it's it, it yeah. just feels like an, like a it's a movie from an earlier time almost in that it's it's try, it's very like quaint in terms of like what it's trying to do. It's like oh you got these two robots and they're fighting Bumblebee and that's that's fine. I'm not saying every movie has to be the big end of the yeah, world of thing, course. but there's a difference between that and making us. It's sort of a thing that I we we run into a lot I think reviewing these movies where you have a movie. That has like a cool action premise, and then it has a lower stakes kind of finale like thing going on, um, general general plot and general stakes going on, um, that doesn't really get supported by the character work or anything like the actual storyline and the you know how we're invested in the story, like it's what you can do, easily do, and it's a lot of times preferred to do kind of a lower stakes story, even in a big action movie like this, like if you can pull it off. But you have to give us something to work with along those lines in terms of being able to enjoy the, the characters and be very invested in the characters. I kind of laughed out loud when uh Haley Steinfeld dives off the tower at the end, uh, to to go get to Bumblebee. <laughs> I I feelings like, about that. It, one. It's it's like they they and that's kinda of diving in, or diving in. <laughs> oh god. Kinda of getting into my other element of this, which is that the movie feels so earnest and so just like Oh this is uh you know we're, we're we're here's this this girl, and she's got hangups about diving because like her father passed away, and she associates those memories with him, and so we're gonna like revisit diving as a metaphor for this, and like oh, it's so it, terrible it, it very so much terrible. expects you to to hook onto those kind of things like there's there's a lot of moments where it just feels like and and all of the eighties nostalgia all, not even just like oh here's a reference to something, but specifically here's a trope from mm. the eighties. Where they're like, "Oh, here's the mean girl at the at the fair who laughs when Haley Steinfeld walks yeah. into the guy with the thing of lemonades." Like, there's the movie made me want to say, "Oh, honey," a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a movie called Bumblebee. Well, Feels you, like that's.
3: <laughs> I, I got kind of a two point thing here. One, you got to remember it's a kids movie, but then later said Mean Girl makes fun of her for having a dead dad. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, I, I that can't. was exactly that was such a crazy.
1: <laughs> Like, was there was no Bumble reason. Bumblebee she was like, You didn't want to jump into probably the rocks. <laughs> 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 oh, your dad died, by the way. Like, I was, it was waiting for Bumblebee
2: to just, like, whip out his arm and just shoot her. I know. That was. That, <laughs> that would have me- been great.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, and then they're like, Let's get revenge. No, we shouldn't get revenge. Yeah, we should. We'll go throw eggs at our house.
0: <laughs> Again, it's, yeah, it's very much so like, crazy. It's like, hey, like, I don't think the movie realizes that these are tropes. Like it yeah. doesn't feel like it's trying to turn these on their head or like do something fun with them or like like kind of be like, Oh, how would this work out if you had a big robot friend? Uh it's just like we're we're we are you know, copy and pasting in a very generic eighties plot line. I, I even mean, now too, you know, she she only sees the hunk guy that is only in two scenes anyway. Uh, and it's it's not until the nerd guy gets roped up in the storyline that she starts to see him for what he is. Although I appreciate that they they don't even hold hands at the end; that it's not like a oh now they have to make out. Yeah. Um, so that is one nice thing. But overall, which is,
2: which is what happens with Shia LaBeouf and yes. Megan Fox in the exactly. first movie. There's exactly. even a moment where they're like dramatically holding hands.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like that's that's a moment straight out of yes. the first
0: movie. Yeah. Um, but overall, that's I think that is my worst thing is that. I mean, I think it's just a lack of self awareness. I think is what it comes sure. down to. Like, yeah. I just don't think the movie—it it feels like it is a movie made by competent filmmakers who know how to tell a story through visuals in a at least blockbuster kind of, maybe a little shallow way. Um, but they just don't—they haven't like done the research to, or, in research and quotes in terms of just like knowing the genre and knowing the the audience to understand that, like, they're not not reinventing anything, I guess. Like, it feels like it's very much expecting these to be like, oh, you're going to get really invested in the story of this this girl who we are telling you in a lot of ways, uh, or we are telling the story in a lot of ways through their 80s cliche life. Like, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, and how much of that, too, must have come from... clearly the intention being let's make a very different kind of Transformers movie let's move away Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. this tone and the style of these other ones and go okay but how do we sort of blend what we've already done with this new approach and you know they had one screenwriter and and the director who has not done a live action film before but he made Kubo and the Two Strings, which is a wonderful movie and he worked on the he's he's from Laika which makes brilliant movies Mm -hmm. and the writer I was just looking at her credits hasn't really written anything great she will be writing The New Birds of Prey which okay. has me very 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 concerned
2: which
0: is weird D- were you not you... concerned about that movie before I was going to say this is really weird no, no, no. usually every the dc emancipation movie
2: of one harley quinn that's her idea that stupid subtitle that comes from her
0: yeah no no, no but i'm saying the movie in general would you have cared I know. I'm just a little surprised too here, Alex,
1: because every time there's a DC movie comes out, you're like, oh, we are going to be in for a happy ride today. You're always really excited about these movies, so it's weird to see you be kind of a little pessimistic, honestly. You're usually very excited about every movie.
2: Let's just say for a pessimist, I'm pretty optimistic. (laughs) Um, Shazam was fun. (laughs) Haven't seen it. Because I don't like fun. So that being said, let me get into my best thing and worst thing. (laughs) Best thing is going to be Haley Steinfeld. She's Um, great.
1: Yeah, just in general. She's a wonderful performer.
2: I'm just going to be honest. I found the script and the movie overall painfully average and by the numbers. Um, It's weird given that we have a couple moments like the bit where they don't hold hands. It feels like we're trying to learn from the previous movies, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's learned anything at all aside from it, oh people don't like the sexist and racist humor let's remove most of that it feels like the that's movie. like the that for me, that yeah. feels like the only lesson that they learned from the Bayformers movies. Well,
0: I don't think this any of the lessons that could be learned from the Bayformers movies like apply to this movie. <laughs> like th- yeah. you, it's clear the director just has such a different sensibilities and like the, the screenwriter and everything that like they weren't even like looking at those for inspiration or anything. Like it's in terms of story structure
2: and everything, I didn't think it was all that different from a Bayformers sure. movie.
0: But again, it's it's a lot smaller stakes.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's but, like a smaller stakes first Transformers sure. movie. It felt so much like a rehash. Yes, and it shouldn't have been because it's supposed to be a fresh start. But it was a lot more likable. Yeah. I yes, I felt. I guess <laughs> I I didn't well, care for any
0: of the family drama stuff, and I'll get into that. But but there's there's a thing that I, I want to go ahead and, and say uh, is that this movie this movie has a plot. It's yes. not not particularly thorough. Kind but of. It, it does have a plot. No, it does. No. I, I mean there there is a there is a plot that is almost too easy to follow, um, but but that is still a plot. It has likable characters. Kind of. I mean, just by virtue of the cast, like it has like the It's extremely yeah, likable. <laughs> like like there. I I think that that it's you know the script is not really doing anything for them, but like the characters I think are very are very endearing and very charming. Just because the cat, like I think John Cena. I mean, we'll we'll have to talk about all this, but basically, my point is, the movie has a plot. The movie has likable characters. It's already better than the others yeah. by default. Yeah. None of the other ones have those.
2: Oh, why? You, oh, I'm gonna have to start defending the Bay form. Yes, me. you are because <laughs> I, I really don't. don't want to be that I position. can't even
0: slightly like.
2: Well, all right, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be flat out honest. <gasps> Gun to my head, choose a Transformers movie. You have to watch it right now. I'm taking Dark of the Moon. I'm not taking this.
1: Is that the Rosie Huntington-Whiteley one? Yes.
2: Okay, and it's I also, don't... like... Okay. It's almost, like, two hours and 45 minutes. I...
0: I, oh, that was my other point. The movie's under two hours. Yo, yes, it Three is. Three strikes, By you're out. <laughs> <laughs> By a minute. Well,
2: it's weird, because that's my worst thing for every single one of those Bayformers movies, is the runtime. Mm-hmm. That didn't even like cross my mind
0: while I was watching. Yeah, because it like, didn't go two and a half hours. <laughs> I do feel no, no, no that the, but yeah. but not
2: even there's like an element to consider bad or good.
0: But I think if it had been two and a half hours, oh, you would have uh, considered it bad. That's I, did, my point. I do
1: think this movie is. It still felt a little long. I feel like it for me, it lagged in the middle. Like a lot of the up oh, now memos in the team, and yeah. he's taking yeah. his shirt off for no reason, which I get that. <laughs> The yes. movie had a reason. But I don't get Haley Steinfeld's reason of like, hey, I'm going to show you how cool this can be. I'm going to blindfold myself with your shirt while I'm in the wind. <laughs> oh, I guess you don't have a shirt now. Like, it was just a weird moment. It was very strange. I was
2: more confused as to why they were suddenly best friends, but yeah. that's just me.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it, was a, it was a real—oh, uh, what was that Kristen Stewart movie? Uh, God, the, you know, it just— Jess- <laughs> no, uh, the Jason... Uh, Jason Jesse Eisenberg, when he worked at a carnival... I know what you're talking about. Over Adventure the Adventureland. Adventureland. Adventure it was a real Adventureland. They worked at a, a carnival place over the summer, and they, you know, you bond that way. I thought you said you bonk that way
0: for a second. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, that's... I mean, that's, I you mean, know...
1: That's how the movie ends, but
0: whatever. Is it really?
2: Well, um, oh, there we go. Uh, but Haley Steinfeld, I think she's giving it her all. She's... Uh, she is likable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna disagree on that. Um the scene where she's yelling at her mom about not moving on Mm -hmm. her dad's death, Mm -hmm. despite everybody else in the family seeming to do so. I thought that was really powerful. Despite me not thinking most of the family stuff worked. Um, I flat out hated these parents, (laughs) uh, but I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, but she's, she's really enjoyable in the movie and considering it's, it's another performance where she's mostly having to act against something that's not actually there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think she sells the relationship with Bumblebee fairly well. Yeah. Considering Bumblebee's basically a pet for this movie, he's not an actual character, in my opinion.
0: Sure. I, I mean, I think that's kind of how they're playing it. Yeah. And I find it's... that kind
2: of annoying, which leads into my worst thing. Okay. Um, You were saying that this is kind of the film that you thought fan, fans would be wanting and expecting mm-hmm. more of from the first movie. I Like I said, I think this is just more of the same, and it's not a Transformers movie.
1: So, the mm-hmm. fans are like,
2: you are going to have to back Trans- that one up.
0: I am confused.
1: <laughs>
2: well,
0: I think, it I think stylistically,
1: into... it's definitely what fans would have wanted.
0: That's I am. I am talking specifically about the action and the design of the robots and I'm the fact talking that story. I don't think I don't think Transformers fans are that cut up.
2: <laughs> Gotta be honest, you'd be surprised because apparently, like the comics and the actual animated sure, sure. shows, I've, like, I've they're heard they're actually very, very strong. Yes. But I am saying um, the
0: nostalgia that the franchise is supposed to be based on. I did not see how any of that would come through in the previous five movies, and I see it in this one. That's that's all that's I'm fair. talking about.
2: Um, the biggest thing I can point to is just the opening sequence, which just feels like a, a shoehorned thing that they thought of semi-last minute to be like, oh wait, we're making a Transformers movie. We need to trick the audience into thinking they're watching a full-fledged Transformers movie and then give it five minutes, and then it's not.
0: I, I do agree. I think that... This movie, every, has...
2: every single one of these movies, they tease Cybertron sure. a little bit, sure. and a lot of fans. And I, I'm not even like a huge Transformers fan. It's really just these movies, well, the, yeah, yeah. But I feel like from the fans' perspective, it's just like let's see the stuff on Cybertron. That's really cool. I remember this War for Cybertron games that came sure. out, and they were really awesome. And it's just the robots fighting each other. It feels like the filmmakers and the studio people are like people won't care if it's just giant robots they won't get into them they can't think of them as actual characters so we got to throw in a bunch of humans to make them feel things
1: and i disagree with that
2: uh, and you... i'm the guy that doesn't like giant monster movies
1: <laughs> yeah the new uh, godzilla king of the monsters trailer is really good
2: oh yeah it looks it looks good
1: rodan and Ghidorah are gonna fight one-on-one and i convulsed <laughs> a little bit in the theater <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I think that... Do you have a question here? Because I am... The most I know about anything Transformers was uh, when I was growing up, there was a CG animated show called Beast Wars, Mm -hmm. which was Transformers, but they turned into animals instead of cars. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Uh, Do we know anything about the inner life of Cybertron? Because all I have ever known about Cybertron is the war. Like... like, like, do we know anything about how they live? Do the society... I don't think
0: any of us are yeah. able to answer this. And that's I my guess point. guess I'm saying is
1: more like, in the comics, do they ever dive into like... Probably. You know, is there like a small business owner in Cybertron? <laughs> do they have like, come get your free oil shake on, you know, pie day or whatever? Like, do they have like politicians? You know, I guess I'm saying is like, does Cybertron exist outside of its war? Seemingly... I
0: need... I need a movie called Old Man Optimus Prime, where <laughs> he starts off and he's he's running a bar on Cybertron, like like yeah bar like last stop like he's he's like <laughs> <it's just> this <laughs> empty bar and he's got a beard and
1: like is there a bunch of rust on him. Well, because I guess what I'm saying is like I wonder if that's why Cybertron is always shoehorned, is because they go look the reason Cybertron exists is to get to put on the back of the cardboard sleeve of all sure, the toys sure. to be like, uh, they came from. I don't know, Cybertron. Cybertron, yeah. Well, that's and then, originally how it started out. Yeah. It's just
2: like we sell the toys and we've got the backstory exactly. written on the exactly. back. Uh, that's, that's the original purpose. Right. But then they evolve. They do something sure. with it, apparently.
3: Sure. I will say that, like, like let's let's look at Superman for half a second here. He comes from Krypton, which is this war-torn planet that he was ejected, like, that he was just shot mm-hmm. away from to Earth. And they didn't really need to
0: expand upon Krypton. Yeah. Which is also yeah, clearly the vibe the intro of this movie is going for, is Krypton. For sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. But yeah, no, I agree. Fair, I, I think but also, I would
2: argue, the best part of Man of Steel is the opening stuff on Krypton.
0: <laughs> uh, but, but whose fault is that? Is that the fault of the story structure in general, or the fault of the rest of Man of Steel? I'm going to go with B. Um, well, and there was a whole
2: swath no of. No response is, is more of a response than I could ever give.
1: One, well, the 78 Superman had a long stretch sure, of sure. krypton stuff
0: you could do i mean yeah you could definitely have interesting stuff on cybertron i'm just saying yeah. i don't think you need it for this movie no no yeah
2: well, I, 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 I would argue than, yeah. five six movies in now sure i, I we got to change it up a little bit this but this feel i to think, me it just comes off as more of the same but it's with like 90 percent of the bay factor removed.
0: exactly i think i think the the problem is the foundation is so bad and and it's it's core from the end that... of Thor Ragnarok with the, we can rebuild it. We just need to, oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> well,
2: we can get into if this is a prequel or a reboot or whatever, because that's kind of sure. very, very wonky. We can get <laughs> into that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just somehow by removing the Bay Factor, it just becomes a lot more bland to me like the sure. Bayformers movies are mostly terrible we, i think we can all agree on that but they're interesting i, I quibble i prefer this
0: to terrible and interesting also counterpoint the last night i
2: prefer i prefer i prefer this over most of the bay Formers movies like sure. i said i'm not i'm not i'm not going to disagree with y'all there sure. i just i i i don't know well, I, I don't know what to make of the Transformers movies anymore. I just, it's, it's funny we were whatever. talking about
3: how if we had if we had the, that film on the editing room floor, like if we could just
2: oh yeah yeah. Fun fact: uh, Joseph and I watched Bumblebee together, and then afterwards, uh, Joseph was like, "You know, I haven't seen the last night. I've seen all the others. I haven't seen the last night." And I was like, "Well, that's convenient. It's on Amazon Prime." And then we
3: proceeded to watch <laughs> oh, the Prime. last night.
0: I I begin to tell
3: us your tell us your thoughts on the last night. <laughs> um. Well, Alex, <laughs> it's uh, it's got some parts that I actually really liked a lot, and it's got a lot of parts that I didn't like a lot.
2: Um, I genuinely think, and I said this during our commentary track, I genuinely think there's a way you can edit that movie down and make it a slightly above-average, fun, action-adventure sure. blockbuster sure. yeah. movie.
3: And there's, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. When I say a lot, like there's, there's some parts where literally if you edit it out, three seconds after and five seconds before mm-hmm. for multiple times you'd actually get some pretty good stuff. Um, and then you fix that aspect ratio of nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> and you literally just cut everything to the It was even worse
2: on rewatch. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, he pointed it out and he ruined the entire movie for me. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was the, the silver bullet that killed you know, Transformers the last <laughs> night. Yeah, that was it. Nothing <laughs> else. Everything else was fine. Now, the best part was towards the end whenever the corners were starting to fade out Whenever they show um Quintessa showing up. Oh yeah, for the, the after credit
2: stinger, there's a couple of shots. It's like full screen, takes up takes up the whole the whole TV screen. The edges are blurry. Like it's starting <laughs> to fade out a little bit. So it's not even like
3: oh here's our definitive aspect ratio. It's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds he, about right. They are just trying to play with that. He can't even well, yeah. shoot a camera
2: correctly.
1: Once upon a time, uh I had a friend who was working at a movie theater, and he told me that they were showing uh, uh, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, the Michael Bay movie. Yeah. And that the theater got an email from Michael Bay um, saying—it no, I, 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 was not literally, dear <laughs> movie sure, theater— sure hey it's me your buddy a a, a mass email right It was like a mass email to the various theater chains saying make sure you like play it at this decibel level and all of these very specific (laughs) sound uh uh requirements that he had which apparently the general manager at this theater was like it's like rolled his eyes and deleted the email he's like this is dumb (laughs) we're not doing that so michael bay showed up and yeah, uh, he showed up (laughs) well he with his madras shirt and his and his surfboard, I assume, <laughs> with 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 a couple of two pound weights. Just all he's always doing curls, and
2: uh, <laughs> but with two pound weights,
1: but with two pound yeah. weights. I'm not going for bulk. I'm going for tone. He kept he kept insisting every time somebody walked by him. Uh, but uh, I love that. So he he's that specific about it. But then when it comes to aspect ratios in his own movies, like
0: ah, it's probably fine. What well, I you know
2: whatever we're talking about bumblebee right no so, <laughs>
0: apparently not so what is, is what is your worst thing sorry
2: oh d- did i not say my worst you, thing you for the movie
0: um oh, I mean.
2: no my worst thing is that this is doesn't feel like a transformers movie okay. like like it, it still feels like we're stuck in the we're obsessed with just having human characters be the primary protagonists and the transformers are just kind of in the background almost an afterthought sure that's my worst thing okay. that's
3: because humans are the only people that matter
2: hey, yeah, yeah okay. definitely yeah, I agree. Uh, so, Tyler, is this a prequel or a reboot or a soft did do, reboot? Or did you get what is this?
1: Your oh, I'm too shy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I apologize. I completely
1: forgot. I don't, I don't know where we are anymore. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. You know, it's like a presidential transform- debate where you just kind of go into your next point before the rebuttal. It's fine. <laughs> the rebuttal. Oh, I like that. Now, um,
2: Transformers is on the brain. I don't know what's happening.
1: <laughs> your your mind is like Cybertron at the beginning. Just a lot of big shapes flying into each other. Uh, my, so so I, am, I feel like I had a bit of privilege going into this movie uh, because I'm white. And mm-hmm. because <laughs> I previously had only... The only Transformers movies that I've seen are... <laughs> <laughs> are, um, the, See, that uh, would
2: that would have been better if, if you had been on our Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald oh episode. God.
1: No, I would not have been able to do any jokes. I, that, <laughs> I've not seen it, but everything I've heard about it just makes me physically angry. <laughs> but anyway, with, uh, with with Transformers, the only ones, movies of these that I've seen are Last Night, which I barely paid attention to because they were doing the commentary, and uh, The Dark of the Moon, which I remember clearly sitting at my apartment years ago, seeing it was on Netflix and going... Oh, I guess I'm watching this tonight, not choosing, just accepting. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it. And I don't remember anything about it, so like I don't have any familiarity with this, this franchise or any real necessity for a Transformers movie to be anything in relation to the others. I so, watching this for it to not be a Transformers movie doesn't bother me because sure. I don't have any real precedent set, except for that I I love that it was divorced from the really problematic things. Like I liked that. It was a, a female screenwriter, and so I liked that we had a female protagonist that wasn't like oversexed. Mm-hmm. And this the,
2: movie is is like if you made Megan Fox's character the yes protagonist, yes, yeah. yeah. and then treated her the better. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then you didn't treat her as like such. she's yeah supposed to be a supermodel.
1: Mm-hmm. One like the fact that they you know I, I liked that it ended with the sense of like like with the not relationship I was like oh that's cute like I liked that they didn't. Write it off, but they're also like, you know, her journey in this movie was not about finding a boy. Her mm-hmm. journey in this movie was accepting herself and, and all these other mm-hmm. things. And so I like that. My, my uh, worst thing about it would be that, because this is a movie that I liked so much, it was hard for me to pick my best thing. It's very easy to pick out things I didn't like because they stuck out. My worst thing is going to be the Breakfast Club references. <laughs> um, because I, I kind of like that. Well, we'll have to get into that. But, my but my yeah. problem with it is. This movie was set in the 80s, didn't you know? The, well, and, and that's expanding into, I feel like it over 80sized us. Yes. There's like, the soundtrack is like 27 songs and they're all 80s mm-hmm. hits, which again, I like those songs, but you know. Yeah. The thing about Breakfast Club, I've seen Breakfast Club once like 10 years ago and I liked it fine, but I think it referencing Breakfast Club is a movie trope in and of itself now. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many movies, and good movies like Pitch Perfect and stuff, reference it and the... <laughs> arm, sorry. The, the stupid <laughs> arm in the air and the like, you know, don't you forget. I would love if we could forget about Breakfast Club for like a year. <laughs> and it just, it, it's something that I, I while, yeah. while having nothing against Breakfast Club, it's a movie that I have seen referenced so many times, and
0: also that's the only thing that people reference from it. Right? Is exactly. The song with the fist in the air, and that's yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> they, they,
1: they don't dig into the. Occasionally, you'll get a smoke up Johnny or something, mm-hmm. and it just felt like a, a really uncreative way to work in or an mm-hmm. '80s references. Which yeah. the movie it already all the '80s references are already really shoehorned in. Yes. Like when <laughs> Hank is like, "I gotta know what happens to Alf." <laughs> And you remember
2: I, ALF okay I this is super nitpicky but we're, so is there an ALF marathon on because she goes home she's working on her car for a while then she walks
1: in on her family and they're watching ALF and probably because the way movie sets work there's probably nothing on that TV because yeah. they probably didn't know what they were going to do yet so that means Pamela Adlon who's awesome and the voice of Bobby Hill is the mom in this movie is just like they're laughing at nothing um, which is pretty much I guess watching ALF I've never watched ALF <laughs> But uh, also, fun fact... What's uh, your
0: Alf also, hot takes?
1: Yeah, really. Get him here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hank, the guy from The Thing, is the original Sweeney Todd from Broadway. He created the role. Hmm. Uh, Lynn Carey, who's a wonderful performer. Uh, but he... Uh, yeah, so I, I felt like it was so intent on us knowing it was the 80s that it got a little much for me. Yes. I was like, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. Or can you at least, you know, reference... Like, far be it from me to criticize anybody for being moved by anything... But like we've we've seen the 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 um, Breakfast Club thing so much, mm-hmm. I get it. Can you just like give us yeah. something different? I think Pitch Perfect did it a little bit better, but still, it it annoys me about that movie.
0: Random okay. random side note, uh, apropos of nothing. Uh, there are three Pitch Perfect movies. I'm just saying. There are. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> there's also
1: now th- there's also now three John Wick movies.
2: That's See, true. Now now that I've only oh, I mean, seen the we we're first definitely movie. doing that. Um, yeah. to get around to that. N- well, now that I, I've I've demanded Anna Kendrick so much after our Twilight episode, sure, sure. you need it's to correct the. It's only totally logical. I, the balance we, we of the ne- podcast. We need balance in the universe. Time, we do. That's do. Saying. I think. Um,
1: yeah, I have a lot, a lot to say about those movies. Well, I've only seen the first two, but I have a lot to say about them.
0: <laughs> All right. So presumably, the third one, you also have a lot to say. Oh, about I
1: them. cannot imagine I won't.
0: How is it going to close
2: out the trilogy? <laughs> uh, Britain, um, yeah. I. Do want to raise this question? How much of it is just they play in a song from the eighties every thirty seconds?
1: How how much of what?
2: How much of the the overbearing eighties nostalgia? <laughs> that's a lot. Comes of it. solely from the music. That that's because the main thing. Once again, it feels like Hollywood has learned all the wrong lessons yes. from Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Sure, sure. The sure. reason
2: it works so well in Guardians of the Galaxy is number one, it makes sense for the story because it's whenever Peter Quill or somebody else is physically it's, listening to it's, the song. It's a diegetic. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's yeah. it's within, it comes within the, the movie. Yeah, and
2: it always fits in thematically with whatever's mm-hmm.
1: going on. And those are also um, songs. The, this one, while being very familiar songs, they're not overplayed yes. songs that you hear in movies. All there's
0: the time. a couple of those yeah. that of those that are like oh this is like a
1: mr blue sky yeah like there, there's fox a couple the
0: that run. are that are big ones but like a lot of them are are very like specific like you can tell that james gunn specifically was like yeah. i i have this yeah. like there are all these songs that i love i'm going for this one specifically because well, like i have a big knowledge of these. what's well, like
1: baby driver thrives off of that baby driver has a ton of music in it that i'd never heard mm-hmm. or that you don't hear in movies all the time like the first trailer for guardians 2 with fox and the run I was like, wow, this song worked. And I've heard that song a million times, mm-hmm. but i never in that context. So it felt sure, right. interesting and creative and not just, have we done Runaway yet? <laughs> eh, throw it in there. Have we done Everybody Wants to Rule? The, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, And also, I don't think anybody in that scene wanted to rule anything,
3: <laughs> except I guess their lives. But they do do a good job of making sure the first criteria is fulfilled and that most of the time it's being played Somewhere, like sure, it's being played sure, on a tape sure. recorder, it's been That's played on a record player. I
2: don't know. It felt kind of half and half. To sure, me. it felt like a lot of it was just, oh, she's walking and, and she at her job or whatever. They're playing a song, mm-hmm. and then 30 seconds later, in the same scene, they start playing
1: another song. <laughs> mm-hmm. They also cut Runaway off before like the cu- the, the chorus. <laughs> like they're doing the verse, and I'm like, oh, because I like that song. Here we go. We're going. Oh. Yeah. Well, she's at the corn dog shack or whatever she does. <laughs> like it,
2: if. If I were re-editing the movie, I would have it be whenever she's personally listening to, to a song or whenever, like, Bumblebee's playing it on the radio and yeah. then keep it at that. Like, we didn't need as much so, as
1: Because we, we were actually quite mercifully spared over 80s fashion outside mm-hmm. from the cartoonish That's bully fair. characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, Haley Steinfeld does wake up with her makeup on, which is something that bothers mm-hmm. me in movies, mm-hmm. speaking of Pitch Perfect 2. Um, she's like, she, like the, the 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 alarm goes off and she's like, oh come on, I'm oh, I'm just like an average relatable person and her yeah. lips are pink and she's got all her eyes shadow. Okay. I'm like, come on.
2: I have I have to throw out this this question. Is it one of those situations where Haley Seinfeld is just too pretty to buy her as the super introverted? lonely girl who the bullies are chastising well
0: you want to you want to look for a good example of this which is something i'm going to have to plug anyway here i've been i've been waiting for the chance oh, to God, go for it. i know where you're um, going with this edge of uh, 17 yeah. came out yeah. i think it came out in 2017 i believe so. if if yeah I'm we talked about this on the twilight yeah. episode yeah yeah I, I it, it is weird here. that
2: she's in that movie and then in this one it specifically takes place on her 18th birthday
1: yeah sure i mean she's like 22 and, i mean she's close enough Oh, no,
2: no. I wasn't questioning oh, actual oh, I just I thought
0: that was, that was kind but, of, Well, I, I was going to say, too, Edge of Seventeen, first of all, fantastic movie. Brilliant. Just very, very good. Yep. Um, yep. If I could find a way to shoehorn a review of it onto this podcast, <laughs> I would. But, uh, no. Well, I, I mean, you're, you're doing that right now. No, no, no. no I mean, like, I a, an edge. episode about that movie. Like, I, I genuinely think the the script and the, the yeah. acting and everything yep. in that yep. movie yep. is yep. just exceptional. But specifically, they do have her, like... They show her when, uh, as she's aging, like they show her with like a bunch of acne, I think, or or something like that. Yeah. And like her hair is kind of like crazy and weird. And like they they don't really like freak out and and, like have her. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that, I mean, obviously they still do some kind of like Hollywood, like subtle quote unquote of like, oh, we're going to kind of pretty, you know, do the makeup and everything. But like they do show her a lot of the time without makeup and everything. And the other thing about that movie is that the plot line for that movie is basically like you you take that and then you cut it down to like i don't know a a 20 minute thing that you can sprinkle through like just completely sucked of all depth and theme and you can just kind of sprinkle it into this movie to have her origin story quote unquote like down to uh her dad passes away and and she's she's still very very caught up in that too she likes the wrong guy and then she ends up finding the other guy and like which a lot of these are not necessarily you know groundbreaking plot points for movies, but just, like, the, the specific, like, the fact that that movie specifically has so many similar elements to the so watered-down plot line of her in this movie yes. just is very strange to me. Well, it yeah. feels like they got Hayley Steinfeld in and they were like, that movie was pretty... You just did pretty good in that. Can we just, like, do that again? Can we run that, run that again and you can just kind of, like, pull the same material out and see what happens? Well, like. I think
1: in both movies... Because Edge of Seventeen is a movie where she's, quote-unquote, unpopular or mm-hmm. having trouble mm-hmm. socially, but that movie does a beautiful job of saying you're kind not like you are solely doing it to yourself but you are contributing to this in some way
4: yes right
1: because of the way that you're processing things and that you are you know which which, which is ultimately an empowering thing is in you have the chance to fix that and to help to help yourself and, and that, not to get into a whole thing but they do a similar bit like you said with this in Bumblebee where she is struggling with something that was not her fault hmm but she is; she doesn't always handle it properly, and needs to handle it a bit better. The problem is, Edge yeah. of Seventeen, because the, mo- the movie is solely devoted to that story, yes. handles it with a lot more maturity and pacing and depth. And this movie's kind of like, we're gonna take that, and that's gonna be the thing, but we're gonna be kind of shallow with it. Yeah. So you, you whatever benefit you get from her story is from the context of that movie, but also just from Haley Steinfeld being a really yes. good performer. Haley
0: Steinfeld, again, I know that was already your best thing, Alex, but just just to reiterate, she's great. Does so yeah. much with such a, a fairly straightforward generic script. Yes. Like she works so much into that performance within I, the bounds of the I think she Luthorin tricks
1: you or... into thinking there's a lot more depth. <laughs> yes. Because yes. of how, how Which is a good, good actor should Absolutely. be able to be. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think for, for me, like my best thing may actually be the fact that I, I didn't feel like I was watching a Transformers movie. That I because I haven't seen many Transformers movies. I've seen E.T., I've seen Iron Giant. I've seen monster trucks, um, which is not very good, but I've seen it. But there, I've seen th- this. I think was going. Let's make that kind of movie with the Transformers, like module. You know, sure. Uh, yeah. It's like they wanted to play D and D, but they didn't want swords. They wanted guns. So they're <laughs> like, we're going to do D and D, but we're going to play it with cyborgs. This was like we want to make Iron Giant, but we're going to do it with Transformers. Sure. Which is, I feel like this movie when you look at it. In comparison to a Transformers movie, that could be a weakness. But for me, just watching it as a movie, as a way to spend some time, I I, I found that really enjoyable. I found it really charming. I found the pacing to be largely... It worked for me. Like, I like how efficient the, that first sure. half hour of the movie was. It was like, crazy fight on Cybertron. Here's a bunch of stuff. Hey, here's some military so, people. All right, now is, we're go, 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 go. You know it. You know what yeah, we're sure. doing. You've seen this movie before. <laughs> we're just going to This is a point I
0: kind of want to get into, but but finish yeah. your, your thought on this one. It's,
1: right? it's like, that was all stuff I appreciated. And then the other best thing I have is the visual effects I loved. I loved how Bumblebee looked. I lo- like Joseph was saying, I loved the design of these, these, these mo- uh, robots. And I thought the action was really beautifully shot. And also cre- creatively staged. Mm-hmm. The Bumblebee is smaller than everybody, so he does lots of like flips and momentum yep. switches. Yep. And then he does get the best kill in any Transformers movie, I'm going to guess, which when he wraps a guy in chains and the guy <laughs> says, these chains can't hold, and Bumblebee <laughs> pulls it, he rips off the guy's arm, and then he explodes. Which is Pretty extremely good. violent. This movie's very violent.
0: Really quick, can we talk about the fact that the, the evil Transformers have liquid liquidification? Yeah, okay, this is a and this <laughs> I is
2: like a, the way they okay. pop.
3: <laughs> so what I think that is is I believe they're superheating them so that they just yes, pop. Because yes, we are yeah. mostly water.
0: It's terrifying. And, wh- and yet, how come we? <laughs> what can't is find that? No, no, we are made mostly it,
3: of water, but how come we
1: can't find the sea? It, <laughs> it's Colin
2: it's <laughs> it's like in Batman Begins how it's like oh the microwave emitter like uh, sabotages <laughs> the enemy's water supply and it's like well wouldn't that affect humans and then it like literally just does that
1: <laughs> well that and, and uh, sincere question in the other Transformers movies do we see on screen humans being killed by Transformers because obviously it happens collaterally but yes. do we yes. s- okay
0: okay they, there's one is like,
2: explode, and there's usually just, like, torn clothing. Like, it's okay. not this. Okay. There's nothing there... really left behind. There is sure. there is
0: one in, um... The fourth
1: one. Oh,
0: uh, Age of, of Extinction. Oh,
2: where they kill off uh, TJ Miller. Yes, and he is um... horribly
0: burned to death or something? Or, like, oh, incinerated? Like, like, he,
2: like, he's, like, turned into, like, ash, but he still maintains his form, and then he just kind of falls apart. Gotcha. Yeah. it's
0: just, like, why was that a thing? Well, because
1: this movie, for being largely a kid's movie in terms of st- style and tone, mm-hmm. there's, like... It's still pretty violent. <laughs> I mean, especially, like, okay. So, uh, Mystery Science Theater, one of my favorite TV shows, there's a, an episode where they watch a short film. It's a Gumby movie with... Okay robots and stuff and so the two robots watching the movie at at the end there's like a robot's head on the wall and they go
3: oh oh they hung
1: his head Mm. and they're like getting really sick because it's robot violence and i thought they would not be able to make it through this movie a robot is literally bisected like they're torn apart in these horrific ways
2: to be fair this is this is all the norm (laughs) no exactly like the end of the third movie is since you don't remember this britain Optimus Prime takes an axe to Megatron's face, embeds it in his robot skull, and pulls it out of his body. Mm-hmm. And that's how they kill off Megatron. Yeah. Lord,
0: that's pretty great. And there's even red <laughs> he said, "Yes, I know, Quintessa.
1: First, I deprogrammed her, and then he like punches him, and then I did this, and he squeezes <laughs> his thumbs into uh, Megatron's eye, eye modules or whatever." And
2: then Tyrion was sentenced to death.
1: Spoilers. Uh, Tyrion. <laughs> please. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. You got me there. <laughs> and then I reset her in MS-DOS mode like this. And then he, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it, it's funny that you brought up, and it, we still haven't gotten to prequel soft reboot. I guess we can kind of save that towards the end because sure. it doesn't really matter. Um, it's funny that you were saying that you thought it w- the movie was paced pretty efficiently. I At least towards the beginning little... I did. Well that I that thought was... even towards the beginning, I thought there was a lot of so, weird scenes that just should have been cut. I was down gonna to say
0: that nation. was the first thing I noticed, is that I feel like the movie kind of had two different false starts. Mm. and both could have been ta- like prologues that could have been taken out i don't and we revisit a lot of the cybertron footage in like bumblebee's be flashbacks we don't need the, that this the yeah. opening
2: with cybertron should be gone the
0: opening with with bumblebee and john cena like it, it seemingly is like oh this is setting up like why john cena feels this way about the robots or whatever but and like it kind of does it's not but... really though there's no there's no like oh that you know like i thought you know john cena he's talking to the one guy um at the beginning that, and that guy th- dies
2: right yeah. I guess so he does yeah. I mean he well, has to
0: apparently like I mean the, the base gets destroyed but I'm like why isn't there a scene where he's like oh no this guy like he's dead like I'm very sad about this now I hate now I hate Transformers whatever like yeah. I, I thought that was where they were going with that yeah. and they don't And so, like, he's got, like, a bit of a scar from that. Mm -hmm. But, like, aside from that, they don't do anything. There's no... And then, like, the idea is that that's supposed to be, like, how Bumblebee loses his voice transformer modulation thing. But, like, that's still not... It's basically just the one robot Decepticon dude shows up and then like he's just like I'm taking out your voice recorder or voice I voice thought emulator. that
2: was very shoehorned yes. be like,
0: Bumblebee lost his voice do you remember it's, the it's, other Transformers like, movies we don't even really need to like if, if you're still not really going to give us like an interesting kind of satisfying way sure. or cathartic way of like making that happen then why not just like not continue to not tell us how what, that what I think and just be like, oh, he's yeah. just a junkie? Because then, it like,
2: there's like giving Solo his last name, but it didn't come from exactly. A character and place. you also yes. don't
1: need to know why his name is Solo. yes listen, listen, well, well, listen. Real Tyler quick, and I have defended take. that a little bit. Hot take: We live in a universe where there's a character named Kit Fisto. I will accept <laughs> the name Han Solo. <laughs> I will accept your name being hung. I do. There's a guy named Skywalker. I I I've bought in.
0: I do quite like the way they do it in Solo. I, I think yeah, that, okay. that is the best possible way they could have handled sure, it. Where it's sure, sure. Like, I it, just don't think they it, needed to handle it. it. Yeah. Um anyway, Sure. At sure.
2: least his at least his middle name wasn't Robin. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Ah. And he, and speaking of leads to make the movie better, Alden Ehrenreich. Love that yeah. guy.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say. That so like all of that scene where like Bumblebee shows up on Earth and then yeah. and like obviously that ties off of him going from Cybertron or whatever. Like, I think you can just I think you can just have the movie be Hayley Steinfeld wakes up, she's she's just get fine the car. I don't think you I really like I was trying to pay attention to this you know, like after thinking that because I was like, I feel like we didn't need all that time spent on, like, establishing this backstory when, like, John Cena doesn't really have any depth to him. And he, I lo- I think he's a lot of fun. I think his yeah, performance is a lot of fun. And he's just kind of this... The, the He's the cliché, dumb military villain who doesn't really know, like, anything other than, I'm gonna shoot everything, but he does it in a really fun way. Um, and he's also kind of self-aware. Yes, he's, he's chewing he, the scenery. He like. has, he's
2: he's the most self-aware thing in yes. the movie. Well, he also and so, has,
1: like, the only, like... Because there are a lot of physical jokes that I liked in the movie, like the way Bumblebee was his mm-hmm. body language, and Hayley Seinfeld had some great takes. Uh, Cena had my favorite dialogue joke, which is after Ron is, does the whole thing about, like, I stole a bunch of Malamars. And I was like, oh, that's a dumb joke. And then Cena goes, yeah, we know. I was like,
0: okay, that's. <laughs> the that's way a- it's cut is perfect. And then because it, it's yeah, just we know, like- cut. And I was like, okay, that's a good joke. Thank just you, John Cena. Like, it almost is like, wait, did he say that? <laughs>
2: I like the whole bit where where he keeps shooting his paintball gun. Yeah, like, that was just funny. in terms of good. physical comedy, mm-hmm. like he handled that very mm-hmm. well. So yeah, like oh the trigger's, triggers. broken. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is I totally think-
1: like a wrestler who's de- deserves to be this big movie guy yeah, yeah but,
2: but like that feels like it's out of a movie where they're gonna try and build up like a military team and the camaraderie between, exactly. like several guys like at least they attempted to do that in the first transformers movie it was filled with a bunch mm-hmm. of racist humor <laughs> like oh we've got the hispanic guy and he's got a uh, a mother who who's into the supernatural but there's like dialogue that they're trading back and forth here sure. there yeah. was like oh which yeah, is, we're not doing which that. is
0: my point is that john cena Literally, I think we get everything we need to know about his motivation from he's a guy who wants to kill the evil alien robots. And then Haley Steinfeld kind of establishes that her her working with Bumblebee establishes everything we need to know about, like, why Bumblebee's here and everything. Yeah. Yeah. we don't really need to know much about like how did that happen
2: can i throw out the argument would that make it feel way too much like the first one even more so because the first one really well, that's the only opening we have aside from you know the opening mm-hmm. attack with the helicopter at, at the desert base but that's like yep. completely disconnected from the human stuff um we see the cube landing on earth and that's it And then it cuts to Shia LaBeouf going with his dad to get the car, and then they find Bumblebee in a very similar way.
0: That's sort of my point, is that this movie is very much 80s nostalgia with a very basic uh, 80s nostalgia-style cliche storyline that kind of feeds into, ultimately, a big Transformers battle. Um. Yeah. Why not just get into it if you're gonna? If that's what you're giving us, just just give it to us straight. <laughs> like, just you know, show yeah. us the kind of movie you are. That's fine. Like, just just get right it, into it. it yeah. I mean, it may be very similar to the the first one if you do that, but I think it already kind of is. So just own it. Just be like, yeah, it's kind of a reboot thing. It, Structurally, <laughs> I found it eerily similar to the first sir, movie. Sir. It is
1: odd that we had because I went into it I think I maybe seen a trailer I don't know much but thinking oh John Cena is the bad guy Mm -hmm. the ending climax of this movie is going to be Bumblebee escaping from the military and then they ride their bike in front of the moon or something like this is (laughs) like that he is the bad guy and then I went oh no he's just kind of antagonistic the bad guys are these two robots so I do nothing robots. Yeah, so it's like they tr- they went, okay, we w- we're going to do this. And then the studio went, no, he's got to fight a robot because it's tr- we have to have robots fighting robots. Sure. Which, again, I really like that choreography. Those fights are fantastic. But it did feel like, well, then why do you have this military force pitched, like you said, as this big mm-hmm. bad guy when they're really just the, – the, the purpose they end up forming is like they're just the setting. They're just sort of there yeah. to
0: help – Bring yes. the robots and help the robots I mean, it's, find Bumblebee. It's a
2: Transformers sh- movie. We need the military I think that's the up, biggest right? thing yeah. that it
0: is. It's just like, well, I guess we've done this in all the others. I, I but I it, there is an element of, in one, like, I think it in Sector 7,
2: John yeah. Turturro. But it's not John
1: Turturro. <laughs> is this a reboot? I don't care. <laughs> I think I would have appreciated if they had got me. I mean, again, I, I love the way they did it, but I would have appreciated as well if they had been like, no, Bumblebee is the only robot. Sure. Like, if, if you want to do Iron Giant, if you want to do E.T., yep. just have only... Like, I think you said either be the, trans- the first Transformers movie, or if you're trying to do an E.T. thing, just do that. And mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. need... Like, humans are evil enough that we can be a, a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. well, have, the, think...
0: have, have John Cena build a giant mech suit <gasps> that, like, is the same... Like, have it be...
1: Oh, and he tra- can call himself, like, the Transmonger. <laughs> the
0: Transmonger.
1: And his dad, Jeff Bridges. Now I want this version of the movie. I actually would love that.
2: <laughs> Haley Steinfeld built this car <laughs> in a
0: cave! <laughs>
1: John Cena turns to... Well, the a box
0: of CDs! John
1: Cena turns to John Ortiz and is like, I think we're drift compatible. And then they get a Jaeger.
0: <laughs>
2: just, Joseph, you, stomp like you were on about Yes, something. Joseph, what are you going to
1: say?
3: <laughs> I just feel like the reason they didn't go for all the way E.T. or all the way Transformers is because they didn't just want to do that. I think they wanted to kind of give you a story. Yeah. Where you got your Iron Giant moment of Bumblebee going with red eyes, literally just like the Iron Giant and attacking people where he gets talked down by Haley Steinfeld. But then we can go back to facing the real enemy, which is the Decepticons. I mean, yeah. like John Cena said, look at their names. Is that not a red flag to you? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So, I really didn't have a problem with it not just being all one way or all one way another. Um, personally I don't know I, I feel like the
2: problem is it, it kind of takes just a little bit from all of these different places but they're all like the most superficial bare bones elements sure and so for me the old, the whole movie ends up being superficial and bare bones yeah because nothing uh, nothing is very substantive I don't think um, like everything with the bullies and, and, and mm-hmm. yeah that was the, all the, pushed, guy, yeah. the guy with the abs and the diving all of that feels like it should have been cut for the movie and it's even more distracting because it's not it doesn't feel like an actual subplot it's just like three
1: scenes Mm -hmm. which which i when i was watching it oddly appreciated because i feel like i've seen a lot of movies where they want to beat you over the head with like that 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 bit where she just suddenly is going to dive when i while i was watching it i went oh thank god they didn't do this like her going bumblebee water flashback to, like, then everything we've seen a million times. It was just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do this. Because sure. I feel like this movie – and, again, I might feel differently the second time I watched it or after I think about it some more. But while I was watching it, I thought, like, this movie knows that I've already figured out sure. these motivations. So it's just like, you know about the diving thing. Here's the diving thing. Now she's doing the diving thing, which is a little silly. And I and – I, and write it when she when, – <laughs> when I would
2: say a little more than <laughs> – well, f- a little silly
1: for me when she jumped off the thing i was goosebumps i was like that's very oh wow that's so cool i like this and by the time she hit the water i went why'd she jump why does she need to go down there because <laughs> well, it was like I was she went down team there team. and like dislodged something yeah yeah or like she had well, to I... it, it wasn't like in suicide squad when killer croc or if had she had to like do it.
0: or if they, they'd set up that there was like she has to activate something on bumblebee it, exactly it, it's
1: and the, like... he's too big to get into the thing so she goes and yeah. does yeah. it or something but well, the,
2: I think I missed something. Of, like, how exactly did the water kill the female deceptive? The water didn't. The boat Bo- did. The Bo- Bo- boat did. Okay. The They're boat just the smashes I, it. Yeah, into, and Bumblebee had like slipped underneath. it. It's
1: excellent. It's okay. very good. This movie, like, I think I was just the good things about it just hit me in such a way that Mm -hmm. I was like, I love these fights. I love this choreography. I'm watching a Transformers movie where I'm enjoying the fights. This is a good time for me. Hey, there's Haley Steinfeld. And then (laughs) because I didn't have baggage from the previous movies outside of like, yeah, I don't like the ones I've seen, it was very easy for me to go like, oh, cool, I like this. (laughs) Yeah. And I had actually, I thought we were doing Aquaman first. I had watched Aquaman prior to this, which I know we're we're actually doing next. And that's a whole other thing. But I liked this movie a lot more than I liked Aquaman. Sure. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Also, uh, I did. I, I, I realized her dad in the like the one scene we actually see him. I have seen that actor on stage. There you go. He was in a touring production of the Phantom of the Opera that I saw when I was uh, in high school. He played Raoul. Uh, and he was wonderful. He had a beautiful singing voice. Neat. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool that he's doing getting getting Hollywood work now. <laughs> Genial. I was like, wait a minute. I, I was like, I know that name. And so I googled <laughs> him real quick, and I went, Oh man, that's awesome. I've seen you. Wow. Yeah, now I'm just cool.
2: imagining Joel Schumacher directing this because he did the Phantom <laughs> of the Opera movie. Like you've gotten all the, the wheels spinning. In and my what head. would that sound like, Alex? I'm not. Gonna, I'm not doing <laughs> it. And I
1: think. Uh, who's? I think I see Joel Schumacher over your shoulder there. <laughs> Alex no. Is now i I'm Joel Schumacher, Joel
2: Schumacher directing people like on a completely green screen like the people who were mocapping for the robots. All right, now remember, a boat is hitting you. It's hitting you full
3: force.
1: Have you seen the bit where-
3: It's a boat!
1: Where George Clooney tells the story about Joel Schumacher being like, your parents are dead, you have nothing to live for, action. And Clooney's like, I'm Batman. Cut, that was wonderful. <laughs> Can we do a, like a donors-only bonus episode where it's just like, Joel Schumacher and George Lucas and whatever character you want me to be just talking about like Edge of Seventeen or something.
2: <laughs> See, Britton, this is why we need you to develop a Zack Snyder impression. I know the director's table.
0: Yes.
1: Ooh. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll just be I Michael. Cain. Be I'll just can I be Michael Caine instead? Now look, when I was making a movie, why do why do we make why do we flop Joel Schumacher so that we can make a successful film? I thought you were going to say,
2: so we can make a Phantom of the Opera movie that nobody likes.
1: I <laughs> uh, like be Awesome.
3: So what is the point of this gathering of directors? Who cares? I just think it would be or funny.
0: Is, is it more of an interview <laughs> We develop a lot of uh,
1: – It's one of those pretentious master class things talking that, about, that, I, talking <laughs> that I keep skipping on YouTube whenever they're like, <laughs> do you want to watch this before the thing you really want to watch? No, I don't. I absolutely don't want to hear Natalie Portman teach me about acting. She's great. I really like her. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I absolutely don't want Aaron Sorkin to teach me anything.
0: The, I think the main thing, Joseph, is just that we, we have slowly developed just endearment for all these various directors that we talk to, or talk to, I wish, talk about for, uh, I would love to interview George Lucas. I wouldn't even talk about it. I'd just be like, hey, man, how's, how's it going? Just are, like, are you, what is your day-to-day? Yeah, like, are you doing okay? Because like, you live just... on a ranch named after a space guy. <laughs> Do you have space I don't know cows? If you do yeah. That? I say,
1: you have some cowlicks out there. Like, what do you do? I also just really like their impressions of those directors. <laughs> so
0: I just want to hear. Them. But yes, yeah, so over over time we've developed these just sort of. the podcast. You're flying
2: in as an alien spaceship. You turn into a car, and then you roll out, and you're a humanoid. Now action!
3: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm very well aware of these impressions. I'm just curious. Are, are we wanting some kind of mini series where yeah, like what's the fiction? something like kind that of drama between these directors or wh- what do we want?
0: Hmm. Directors roundtable, you know, just just sort they of do, the, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. A, a
1: Hollywood Reporter does yeah. those every year. We're
0: just gonna do, do one with.
3: George, I just
2: don't like the way you treat your actors. You treat them like they're just props. Shut up, Jai! <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I'll just play a bunch of characters. I'll just do like a, like a mini-impressions. I'll just stick my head in like, Hey, I'm Sylvester Stallone, I wanted to come in and say I'd love to work with either of you. Hey, let's uh, let's do it. And then I... That's a terrible... I'm sorry. That's a terrible Sylvester Stallone, Everybody's. Sylvester
2: got, Stallone is a better director than both of them. Everybody's <laughs> got us... Well...
1: I've only seen one of his movies, what can I say? One of his directed movies.
2: I mean, he did most of the Rocky movies. Wait.
1: No, he didn't direct... uh, Never mind, I've only seen the first Rocky.
2: And he didn't Uh, direct that one,
1: yeah. I haven't seen the others.
2: Well, now you have
0: your homework assignment (laughs) from all of us. (laughs) Watch the Rocky movies. Because it's actually the best franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely, it is the best franchise. So Bumblebee... So Bumblebee... Bumblebee.
2: (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'll put it to you this way. It was almost to a point where I felt the inkling to make a trusty list of misgivings. Just True. things that bothered me. Gasp! Um, I didn't, so I, I'm just trying to, to pull things from my brain.
1: Um, trusty list sounds like the, the not the dame, but like the sidekick character in like a 20s pulp detective novel. <laughs> She's like a reporter that always gets the scoop. <laughs> I'm trusty list. I, Go on. Well, I can't even remember if it's my
2: trusty list of misgivings or my list of trusty misgivings.
3: <laughs> it's your trusty list of misgivings. I believe okay. it is trusty.
2: <laughs> See, Joseph, uh, number one fan of the podcast, remembers. So <laughs> that's that's why we have him here for reference. Um, I found it incredibly lazy to just remove Bumblebee's memories for most of the movie. Yeah. I thought that was a very Again, cheap, lazy way. The way that happens, drama. The way
0: that happens it, is like, oh, he gets in the fight with... Blitzed oh, he got something. hit. He got hit really and then, hard. And then there's he's a, been hit hard a lot in the Transformers. There's there's an HUD thing where it's like, yeah. oh hey. His memory cells are being lost, and it's like, why even show us this? Like, if you're gonna be that like bare bones about like, here's how this happens, and here's how this happens, and it's literally it's just the thing like, happens. If, he,
2: if he's losing them, he can't get them back. But then he just sure. gets them back. Yeah, a,
1: yeah, he attains sentience. I, I, I talk about the <laughs> something I wanted to say about the voice. Bumblebee box. is
2: self-aware.
1: <laughs> but it's like maximum overdrive. The the, the voice box thing uh, that I I wanted to say earlier, I liked. This wasn't kind of like the diving thing. I went, that's awesome. Wait a minute. Because he goes, I'll never talk. And I was like, I like that. I like that Mm -hmm, little... mm -hmm. But then it's weird that the the Blitzen or whatever goes, okay, cool. I'm going to rip out your neck, your voice box. As opposed to... If it had been a more random accident, I would have been fine with it. Sure, Like, just if within the fight... You know the guys are beating him the up. The
2: military guys have a tank. They shoot a, a shell right at where his, it just, his yeah you know, just, robot vocal cords are. Yeah, or Yeah, something.
1: It, if it's pulled up, played off as like it's this crazy thing, and then he's like, maybe talking, and he's like, what? Who? I, 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 and then it yeah. starts to fizz out. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. But for the he like, I'll never talk, and the guy to go, well, then I'll make you useless to me. <laughs> And then to specifically end his voice, but and then the best weird... part is
0: that then he chucks him off the cliff. Yeah. So it's like, why not just kill him at that point? Because well, then he like goes down to try and kill him, and it's like, what? what or or like
1: have him when he's falling down the cliff, like hit his. neck also, like, there's a lot of ways to do it.
2: Every single kill Bumblebee makes in this movie is the the bad guy has him like on his last foot, and Bumblebee makes like a last minute switcheroo to sure. to kill the guy. That happens three times. Yeah. Why not? That happens literally every time well, he's he kills an underdog. Yeah.
0: Don't How you get he, it? He's he's lur, lur, l, words. Can we have? He's luring have, his enemies into a false sense of security. Stings like a bee, man. Is he though? Yeah, that's a strategy. Okay. Head cannon. I do, I do see what you mean, though. Like <laughs> that,
1: that's not really a hat trick. That's repetition. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Also, I, I would like to reiterate: he wraps a robot in chains.
2: <laughs> it's it's mad? incredibly violent. Well, even that I want to get super nitpicky about because I'm like, I don't even know if a human chain would break apart a transformer.
1: Oh, that was an adamantium chain. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They, oh, yeah. They didn't. Me.
2: All right. It makes perfect sense now, yeah. and they do re- reference Wolverine in one of the the previous Transformers movies. So right. there you go. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It
0: was all set up.
2: Also, they make a specific uh, plot point in the first Transformers movie that's just like completely blown over, and all the other ones that. That normal human bullets can't kill the Transformers or damage them, so they have to get a specific
0: type of ammunition. No, they just have like, that throughout all the other movies. Even this oh, one okay. that's set 20 years prior to that. What kind
1: I of, what's it. the special, like, so, so, so they have the, the thing we're using to make bullets, ca- so we find a different kind of material. Or it's just
2: like, oh, we, we need, like, a different caliber or size <laughs> of the rounds or something. They're like, we need Sabot rounds, I think they're called. God, why do I remember that? Um, Interesting. But that's a, that, I, I'm just saying, to add an element of realism to the story, that that's just a nice little touch. And I feel like this movie just kind of breezes over a lot of that stuff.
1: One, I will say, too, uh, not to... Poke, and and yeah. it is a...
2: In this movie, even though it's PG-13, it is ultimately a kid's movie. Right, right. So everything's... Everything is relative. I'm... No, 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 The problem of is... The problem is I knew how the critics felt about this going in. I'm like, oh, everybody's, like, really liking this movie and they're saying it's very different from the Bayformers movies. And I just didn't see a significant difference. One,
1: well, there is something... So, so I'm that, judging
2: yeah. it a lot more harshly because of that.
1: Well, and also, so you talk about in the first movie there's this realization that we have to get different bullets. And for them to never revisit it, I do... I, I, Tyler, like, I know you made the joke, but, like, that's honestly true. They, they, that could just be we're supposed to accept, well, now we just have those mass-produced. But yeah. then in this movie, <laughs> they wouldn't know that yet. Yeah. I also, but will, then again,
2: I don't know if this is a prequel or a soft reboot, sure. because they reference stuff like Agent Simmons, John Turturro's character. There is a younger version of him in this movie. Oh. We have Sector Seven, so that's a thing that is, I believe, is just from the movies. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. But then at the end of the movie, Optimus Prime's on Earth, and he's like, "Bumblebee, thank you, you found our new home." And then Autobots just show up, and yeah. I'm like, "I thought, th- well." Not We're not dealing with sequels. The first movie, it's like Bumblebee's the only one, and then he actively calls on everyone to oh, land. Yeah. It's like the first time Transformers are showing up, really, aside from mm-hmm. Megatron, who is in the ice. Um, but then you get to like the fifth movie, and there's a five-minute flashback sequence of Bumblebee during World War II where he's killing Nazis. With other Transformers. With other Transformers. And I'm like, this, I don't know what's look, happening. Look, I would
0: describe the continuity of these movies as fluid. Uh, <laughs> it's
3: very... I don't know which one has the worst continuity, this or or X Men. Well, the thing is, is I don't think good this is meant to be continuity. I think it's meant to be a reboot. But then, why reference Sector Seven and Agent Simmons?
0: Because they're just set. I mean, they could just be setting them up to be characters, be, be characters or be a, a, a presence the in the movies again. Yeah. I, Fan I favorites, dudes. It's it's an alternate timeline. Alex. <laughs> yeah, because everybody loved John Turturro's character. Yeah. I think that's probably – he's probably one of the few didn't. characters people, like, remember about him. In the I original. will say – Remember
2: when he looked at Megan Fox and said, You, in the training bra, shut your mouth, or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: It's a God, line of all dialogue. <laughs>
0: I will say – One of us would have to develop a Michael Bay impression for this, um, which makes me uncomfortable. I genuinely liked <laughs> – uh,
1: I, I genuinely liked the shot of Bumblebee joining – uh Optimus on the bridge and traffic, I liked that. I didn't need to see them walking as robots in the next scene. I was like, if this was the last time I saw them, I would be so happy with that. Because there's a sense of like, no, we're here, we're together, and we're driving off to go see Danny Tanner and the gang. We're going...
2: I thought it was a little strange because, for me, I thought it was a little unclear about if that was supposed
1: to be... Well, and maybe that's what I mean. Like, that, that, to, to, to create that idea of, like, is it Optimus? I don't know. Which could lend more credence to yeah. him summoning him later.
2: Well, at least the, the scene with Optimus at the end is kept to the after-credits. Sure. Which I'm I'm completely fine with that. However, then they cut to Charlie finally fixes the Corvette and then drives off. That should be the final scene of the movie before it cuts to credits. Yeah. They yeah, yeah. they did another Black Panther Winter Soldier scenario where they pushed an important key scene for this main character and they just pushed it to the after credits. I don't
1: like that at all. Yeah. I I as, even though I like the not handhold thing, that shouldn't have been the last shot of the movie. Them just the kind final of scene going
2: honest. into the credits should be her driving off yep. and her
1: nice souped up corvette yeah. yeah i agree i agree that that just puts a nice cap on that on her character arc also uh talking about annoying family members that little brother annoyed me so much
2: yeah and then probably probably play- played by
1: timothy chalamet <laughs> like i'm pretty sure that was timothy chalamet right they they went they took a time travel device and they went back and grabbed the younger version of him. Yeah, and just plucked him. Pretty yeah. sure that was Timothy Chalamet. But my like, mind. yeah, and, and I, I hope this this will fall on largely deaf ears. But I hope that the fact that there's a stepdad we hate named Ron is a reference to my brother, my brother and me, because <laughs> they have an old bit about hating a stepdad named Ron, and they would put sticky notes on the dog, and the dog would just like walk over to Ron, there's a note <laughs> on it that said like I hate you, Ron. <laughs> oh my and so I that's, that was what I thought about every time he was he was on screen
2: yeah uh, I guess let's go ahead and get into the the family stuff uh, first off with the the brother I thought it was weird that they tried to build up like an emotional thing towards the yes. end
4: yeah. where it's
2: like oh you need to do this job for us brother like you you're the only one that can keep our secret and then like she hugs him and it's like oh we respect each other now and I'm like <laughs> there's no build up to this I thought she hated him the whole time like, <laughs> the, the, all the family stuff felt very off to me. And there were, yeah. like, internal contradictions just between scenes. Like, the, the night where uh, Charlie gets the uh, Volkswagen, and she brings it back, and her mother's like, Oh my god, why, why do you have this without telling me? And she, she harps on that point. She's like, You need to tell me things. I'm your mother. Next morning... Charlie's mom took the car without even asking or saying anything yeah. to Charlie. I felt, it felt what is this the movie, movie trying to tell me here? And it, it's, it's not a thing where the movie is telling me, oh, her mother's vapid. She's too unfocused because, you know, she, she pretends like she's getting over her husband's death, but she's really not. They do nothing with that. Sure. And the, It felt like it was building up to something. This movie does a lot,
0: of, a lot of things where I feel like it cuts in a weird way. Like <clears throat> the transition between scenes is just very jarring, and like, oh, yes. I guess we're do- like, like there are the times- scene
2: where her- Charlie's boss at the corn dog stand says, "Go and get some sticks." We're out. Mm-hmm. What is the point of that yeah. scene? Well, uh, that they was an- didn't have any this- sticks. This was another thing so we had to get more sticks. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Thank you for That's clarifying. I didn't know what was happening.
1: Otherwise, it's just like a greasy meat bun you gotta hold.
2: But like, uh, like There's, just in terms of so, that, I, I just think like, is it just supposed to, to establish me, that she's at work because they yeah. already said she's going no, to no, no, work? No, no, no. That... And then we cut to she's answering the phone at work. That could have just been the first scene we she, saw.
0: they they definitely were just trying to do a comedic moment because they were again going back to and it didn't work. No, no, no. hear me out. Going back to the um, the eighties nostalgia and that sort of thing, like about about like. I was not nearly as bothered by, you know, the breakfast club references or whatever. Again, and and we talked about this earlier, but like, as I, as much as I was, I like the fist
2: bump in, in, in response to a salute. That was nice. I like that.
0: Um, but I wasn't bothered by that as much as I was by the, again, the lack of self-awareness for how these, like how movies have done this before, Hmm. because that was clearly like supposed to be, Oh, Hey, here's like funny, funny, uh, manager dude who you don't really like. Like, um, and, they, and this is not really really '80s necessarily, but it's it seemed to me very clearly that they were trying to do like a um, I think like an Office Space kind of thing maybe, sure. mm-hmm. or you know. I they, was
2: thinking Ant Man with the, sure, the, the, sure the the manager at Baxter yes, Robbins yes. fires it, him. At the it beginning felt of the movie. very
0: much like they were like, hey, we need to have a funny character like that, but they didn't really cast. I mean, I don't. know yeah, well, also, it's no not a funny. The so like yeah, the guy's yeah, he's, he's the really guy literally there. just saying it's like trying. What, yeah. it, they told it this guy like to they deliver. It have had
2: some scenes earlier on to establish Could have been, yeah. him leading into her spilling the stuff on the hot guy. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt... It feels like there's a lot of stuff cut out of this sure. movie. Just, like, small but, moments. Nothing like earth-shattering. Like, this completes the movie. It just feels like there's a lot of weird setup things that yes. are just gone. Yeah. Okay.
0: That one specifically, I think, is literally just... They wanted to have one of those funny moments because they know that people like funny, terrible bosses in movies. <laughs> and then... It was no, it was a nothing moment basically because of it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, and and Brooklyn on the fist bump. That was the only Breakfast Club reference I didn't mind because I thought Bumblebee looked he he had a funny facial expression. Sure. He didn't literally, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like that yeah, was, a was a funny. It was a funny moment. And adorable. Like yeah, he is. And, and, and like when he hides behind mag. the little rock on the sand, that's mm-hmm, funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Even though I think it's like I said, I think it's very lazy that they just wipe his
1: memory sure. and they pretty much just turn him into a child. Sure. Yeah. But that scene reminded me of Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender, my favorite show. <laughs> That's so fair. I was fine with it. That's but fair. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I agree. I think that if you're going to remove his voice and his memory at that point, you really don't need to do both.
2: Or you could just have a completely different character yeah. and not Bumblebee, or you could just not have it be a Transformers movie. Because there, be be like really there could be a really good... There could be a really good...
1: Yeah. Clifford
2: like the it, Big it Red Dog like, It feels win. like they strip Bumblebee of all of his character <laughs> by removing his memories. That's yeah. how it felt to me. Well, because then also and like, then
1: if you keep his memories I mean, and lose his voice, you have a scene where he's trying to, like, mime or, you know, sign to her what happened. And, try, and she's like, what? Huh? Yeah. Guybertron? It's, it's what do you how say? How and he's, like, pointing to a Tron poster. How... Oh, man, that would actually have been really funny. If he's, like, yeah. trying to use, like, movie posters in the way he's, like, yeah. I don't know. There, there's something you can do with that. That he holds been a up the
2: alien guy. poster, and she's terrified. A what poster? The alien poster, because <laughs> she does have one in her room. Yeah, and there's a um, there's a
3: covenant jo- poster. Oh god,
2: uh, t- Tyler would have given this an F minus if that <laughs> were the case. <laughs> um, Unless they, burned I did it. like how they gradually built up him using the radio to form yes, his voice. Me too. Yep. That wasn't just a thing they automatically took for granted. Yeah, what I did think they took for granted was that he automatically understands English. Yeah, well, they, they never speak English that. on
1: Cybertron. Well, yeah. that's that's
2: kind of different because it's one of those situations like with Guardians of the Galaxy where everybody's speaking English but they're not really speaking oh, English. Oh, it's the other thing. It's like universal thing. translators. So that is just for the benefit of but the But I don't
0: actually believe they're speaking English on Cybertron. But the Decepticons do the same thing when they get to Earth. But the, so yes, I, I think it's um, literally just an idea of, like...
2: But, once again, adding realism in the Bayformers movies, and I can't believe I'm saying those words, they have it set up so that when the Transformers show up to Earth, they don't know how to speak English, but they use the Internet to learn the world's languages. They set that up, oh. neat, and that's why each of the Transformers has like a different way of speaking and different dialects, and why and some of them are
1: super racist.
2: <laughs> yes, because they are pulling it from the internet. There's well, see, actually Okay, a bit so of now those
1: movies too. are a commentary
2: yeah, on social it's media. It's totally
0: fine. It's totally fine. They weren't. <laughs> they weren't actually offensive.
2: Oscar worthy. Also, I would say, I found it strange how the two Decepticons build the internet. Apparently, did y'all notice that that what? scene where? Um, John Ortiz's character, he's like, "Oh my God!" The way they're connecting with the satellites, they're pulling all this information. The way he describes it's just like, "Oh, they're making the internet." Oh, gee, I didn't. I, didn't I think guess. About yeah, that.
0: I guess that is what they're. <laughs> it was not a very strong. <laughs> it did it in a more subtle way <laughs> than The
1: Imitation Game. Yeah. True. And now um, we call them computers. We know they call them computers.
2: <laughs> but I thought it was also strange, considering the weird nature of the prequels, soft reboot stuff it's weird that they never reference like oh we have a frozen megatron that's just sitting in the back and that's where we've gotten most of our technology in the well, 20th century
0: so i mean again that would make me my argument as that's not actually a thing in this like i
2: i don't i don't know I, I don't know what to make of it and i shouldn't care but i do kind of
0: i think the easiest thing way to purchase movie would just to be like this movie is it's it's is a new movie in the franchise it has no backstory based on the old franchise.
2: And I just think it's so strange that if it's supposed to be a new movie, it's supposed to be a new, fresh take, why are we just going straight back to the well in terms of plot structure? Sure. It's a
0: tasty, tasty well. <laughs> Is it, though? I don't know. It made him a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Look at <Lucrative> well. <laughs> not for this one. This one didn't do sure, very well. but really? I'm saying it did before, which, as we know, Hollywood has to have, like, at least three flops before they figure out that something's not working anymore. That's, uh, you're not wrong. Typically, that's, uh, maybe two if they're, if they're really, uh, quick on the draw
2: yeah but i i don't know where they go from here in terms of sequels see i i remember when the movie was coming out, i was like oh this is great if it's an actual reboot they're setting it in the 80s have transformers be like a period thing that would be interesting just have it set in the 80s yeah yeah i mean they could they could do it again yeah but like do we bring back charlie as a character because i i I thought i thought it was strange how they kind of just sent her off on her own way
0: i agree I was I was confused by that as well Cause like it almost like... and
1: maybe and maybe that's trying to be different from the, the first Transformers movie because mm-hmm. at the end of that Bumblebee's like I want to stay with the boy. Do we do we know if they have plans or anything slated to do more Transformers movies?
2: I, don't know. I would, Originally, I would... they had an idea for both a Bumblebee sequel and a sequel to the Last Night, mm-hmm. and I don't know where those plans are at this point because neither of them did the guns that they were expecting. Was a uh, Starscream ever used in the movies? Yes, and he's murdered like multiple times. Okay. okay. They had his head in the last night. Yeah, in the last night, they're like, "Oh, oh we found we." And they're at the junkyard, and they're like, "Oh, we found Starscream's head." Ah, interesting.
1: <laughs> interesting. Yeah, they could do a prequel about Hot Rod, the only Transformer I remember from last night. <laughs> <laughs> the French one. But but it's doesn't a side voice him? It, he does. But it's a foreign film And it's all like him Drinking coffee at a cafe In black and white
2: Now I'm just imagining It's a sequel To Last Night It's it's exactly what you're describing But it's him and Wimbley from, from number five And it's, the whole time It's also a Before time, Sunset movie It's yeah, it's 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 but it's like um how people when they go to screenings of the room they like throw spoons or whatever yeah, and they start yeah. shouting stuff and it's like every time she shows up Wimble
1: that <laughs> she was my favorite character because she's pushing pushing over bikes
3: spoons? yeah the go to no, a, okay. go to a screening of the room it's very no, I, I, because I, there's so many screenings of the room up where I'm at
1: I went I do it I went to one yeah. and uh,
3: there, met Tommy see, there's not
1: no I went to one and met Tommy Wiseau. And yeah, people throw... I, I still don't really know why. I understood a lot of the other callback line, call lines. I don't know why people threw, threw spoons. I was too busy uh, reeling from when they did a Q&A and my friend asked Tommy Wiseau, Tommy, I just graduated from college. Like, what should I do with my life? And Tommy said, well, first of all, don't kill yourself.
0: Good, good. I mean...
1: <laughs> and there was another sure. bit where he said, and I quote, USA means freedom. I don't just go up to a woman and say go to bed. <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> He may as well have done the Norm Macdonald joke of, "Oh, now, now I'm going to go back to the old-fashioned way of of meeting a lady. I'm gonna I'm gonna meet her at a bar and ask her if I can lie down on top of her."
1: It was, uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a magical <laughs> night. All the all the, the the night sky was empty for all the stars were at the <laughs> plaza.
2: Um, uh, I think we just broke Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy has that effect.
1: <laughs> Dear Lord. Yeah, I don't know. This, this is a movie. I I don't know if you it guys is have a movie. That's accurate. more to say about, about Bumblebee. But I felt I, I like...
2: don't want to. I, I, I am coming off as overly harsh, and like I said, that is only because everybody was saying this is so much better than Bay Formers. Sure. It's it's like an actual movie, and I don't find the difference to be that significant.
1: I will. Say, I feel like this is one of those. Th- this really does feel to me like a holiday family movie. If it's the you know Saturday after Thanksgiving, and yeah. Grandma just won't go home. And you guys are all trying to figure out what you're going to do. You go to the movies. I think genuinely the family would enjoy sure this movie because I don't think you have to know about Transformers to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just as a base level film, it is not perfect, but I think it's got a lot of fun in it. The fights are fantastic the If nothing else, the lead performance is great, and you know, I think it's a really likable like for me this was just a really nice way to spend I watched it over two nights just because I'm a, you know I got bored but like I watch movies in pieces now anyway but like I don't know I, I, I feel like as part of a franchise it has a lot more issues I guess but as a standalone movie I had a perfectly easy time watching mm-hmm. it it is not if, if, you, if your child has not seen E.T. or the Iron Giant start there <laughs> if they want to see a movie like this show them Iron Giant it's just it's, in every way it's better but well you
2: know it's funny because I feel that if this was the the approach that they were going to take like 80s nostalgia yeah. we're going to make it very similar to the first Transformers movie. We're not going to deviate in terms of structure but we're going to pull out the 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 Bay factor mm-hmm. as Tyler and I have have affectionately called mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um JJ Abrams should have done this. Yeah, um, sure. And this is mostly because I'm just imagining Super 8, but with Transformers, and that sounds like a really appealing movie to me. Sure, sure, sure. This
0: is a weird... I don't really... Because, like, I was just looking up, and there's not really a movie in production after this. I don't know why they went to Travis Knight. So, like, you said he'd done Koopa and the T I I mean, I guess I I see the logic behind that, but, like, when you're coming... You've had Michael Bay make you all of these massive blockbusters, and last night, I think... Did that one finally not hit a billion? Maybe. Yes. The, no.
2: It, it didn't hit a billion. But the one before it, it, it did was correct. It did really well for a big blockbuster, yes. but it did not do transformers but they're getting to level the point. success. They're getting to the
0: point where they realize they're getting diminishing returns. And I I don't know why you go here. I don't know why you don't you don't try and get a big. And I guess maybe it's just they they don't really have the budget for it or or what or there yeah. there's not that much investment in the the franchise because they they figure that Michael Bay's the only one who can really make it like sing I guess and so they're trying to just experiment outside. It's a weird movie to greenlight. And there, and there are two uh,
1: Hollywood trends in terms of getting a director for your franchise. When you're into the franchise, you either get a director who's made a couple of small indie films, your Taika Waititi, your Colin Trevorrow, etc. or yeah. you get someone who's worked in animation a lot, your Brad Bird, your Andrew Stanton, Travis Knight. Yeah, and And then... And I feel like those generally have better returns, because especially in movies like this where there's going to be so much animation, because mm-hmm. again the, the, the character animation in this movie is great. because yeah. Travis Knight, even though he's been working with stop motion with mm-hmm. Laika, he's st- like the the effects were great in John Carter when Andrew Stanton made that. Like, there's a clear sense of how to animate that and integrate it into the world. So that could be part of why. But I I, don't know, I also felt like this movie was well largely well directed throughout the movie. Like yeah. the action sequences looked awesome. You know, the 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 purely live action stuff. It wasn't like, you know, a Koraidan sure. movie or anything, but it was it was fine. Um I thought it was pretty by the numbers. Right, which 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 honestly though for someone who had never directed a live action movie mm-hmm. is really
2: good. <laughs> well, it's just strange because I, I kind of pointed out for our Ghost Protocol review, it felt like we had a director that came from animation and he storyboarded every single yeah. sure, shot. Sure, sure. And that movie, like, it's very distinct in how it's done.
1: It's very clean. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: Almost too
1: clean, does some would argue, <laughs> being me. <laughs> well, and, you, and that you could also just say Brad Bird had directed more movies. Yes. Travis Knight That's had directed fair. one movie before.
2: Um, But this movie... I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like the the action scenes had no impact on me whatsoever.
0: Really? I think the like, action.
2: I, I I think it's mostly just the robots are colorful, so now I can tell them apart. Sure. I think that was a, made a huge difference. But I did not experience a a huge, distinct difference between fight scenes. Like I, and and yeah. ma- this could just be because I was not invested. Sure. And Tyler, as we've discussed many times before, if I'm not invested in the movie, the action scenes just
0: like, sure. just um, completely glaze over you know? well that's what i was gonna say is that like through a lot of this movie like there is a, by the middle of this movie i was kind of like I, I really am not feeling this at all um but i was surprised by how much i enjoyed the final act and specifically yes. the fact that the the like bumblebee fighting the uh, the two decepticons i thought that was really well done um obviously a couple of great kills there uh, there's the nice scene it's i i don't the effects in terms of like the actual Integration, like you were saying, the the integration of the world aren't actually excellent in that shot. But there is a sure. shot where Haley Steinfeld is running through like some. Um, oh yeah, that's pretty sh- through messy. like a shipping yard. And, yeah. But it's well, it's to a be cool. fair they
2: they never get that right in any. Of no, them. no, no, yeah, that's sure. just hard to do. And, Whenever and, Shia LaBeouf's just running down a stretch of road, <laughs> and it's like. Can we give a couple but, more
0: months of rendering time sure, on that? Sure. Yeah. But it's still pretty cool. Like the way they actually executed is pretty cool. I think in terms of like now. I, and I, I guess they've done this in other ones, but it just wasn't nearly as clear what was happening in the other movies. Um, but where, like, the robots are actually fighting around her and, and, and like, landing in yeah. front of her. And, like, like I, I think it's a cool, well-executed uh, little Well, little also, all,
1: all the scenes of her interacting with Bumblebee are, like, on the beach or whatever yes. look fantastic. Yes. Also, yeah, surprisingly.
0: Well, Alex, we were talking about the, the
1: action sequence is not really hitting you. What about the part where he wraps a chain <laughs> around <laughs> another robot and then gives it I
2: it would have really helped because like (laughs) like like we've established like just superficially cool moments that happen oftentimes they just don't hit me very sure Mm -hmm. sure and these villains were just next to nothing for me so i did not care like like if if you have like a really
1: satisfying villain you want to see how they get taken out i think for me it it, it hit me uh, yeah on a superficial level in the sense of and and whenever you know we do Pitch Perfect or John Wick, <laughs> I'll talk a lot about choreography. Now, and, yeah. and I'm being very serious because the way you shoot a fight scene is really not that different from the way you shoot a dance scene in terms of no. tracking human movement.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And Lightsaber fights. Momentum will flow. Their dances. And, uh, mm-hmm. Like whenever we get to Aquaman, I'll have a lot to say. But yeah. I think that – so I, I have a real fondness for movies that have a sense of, one, just creative – Choreography and also a sense of how to frame it and how to move the camera. And, like, there's a lot of, especially in that final fight, there's a lot of Bumblebee flipping and twisting them around and all these crazy acrobatics that I thought I just like the conceit of that. Absolutely, when you talk about a, a character meeting their end, there's no heft to that no. emotionally. No, this is not. Darth Vader or anything. There's there's nothing like that. But more. I'm
0: I'm always here for a for a movie yeah. that can uh, kill a villain in a way that that gets a laugh out of me. Sure. Uh, in a good way, like yeah. um, like a. Oh, that was great. One like if you uh, watch like the great. That's always a good side help, for me.
2: It also didn't help that I was questioning the logic of whether or not a human chain would actually break sure. him. Up no, already. of course. Like of course. Oh, and, and that's that's all my baggage.
1: All right. right nice <laughs> well, but also and, and also look at a lot of action movies where the bad guys in that are just set up to be enemy drones. Yes. You know, you yep. watch a movie like Rumble in the Bronx, which is a fantastically silly, fun martial arts movie, or or John Wick, or The Raid. Like, it's just a bunch of mannequins he has to dismantle. Yes. And so I, I was able to divorce, which is easier in those movies because those are just enemy drones, whereas the big bad is like a person, mm-hmm. supposedly. Um <laughs> I don't think Rumble in the Bronx. Well, Rumble in the Bronx kind of. Anyway, Rumble in the Bronx is a fantastic movie. Uh, but I, Everyone, that is your homework now. Honestly, though, it is. Not for us.
2: Not, not, not for the people here who haven't seen it, but for everyone listening. But also,
1: just in general. Rumble in the Bronx. It's a, it's a ton, of, ton, of, ton, of, ton of fun. Jackie Chan yeah. is prime. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, that those fights had a Could sense you imagine of...
2: Jackie Chan like doing mo- motion capture for a Transformer?
1: It'd be pretty good. That sounds awesome. It would be so silly because that Transformer would like fall a lot but then pop up smiling.
2: <laughs> I mean, considering the goofy things that they have Transformers do in these days, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that would be too We bad. still haven't addressed. Like, isn't, there, isn't there like a, a fart joke in Last Night where it's like a John yeah. Goodman, there's like yeah. explosives behind him and it's oh, played geez. like a fart joke? And I'm like, that's. How does that.
0: What? We still haven't addressed John Cena. I also but we still haven't addressed say, the
1: family to the degree that I wanted to. Of, sure. you know. of all the 80s... But I don't want to address the family. I want to address John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> that's America's... That's the that's slogan for America. Uh, of all of the 80s song choices, the one I liked the most was You've Got the Touch because I feel like that was a Mark Wahlberg reference. Because he does that in uh, Boogie Nights. And I was like, that? Alright. Anyway. John Cena, go for it. Uh,
0: John Cena, at one point, um, he's he's walking up. They, they've They've captured bumblebees i forget exactly like what happens but they captured bumblebee in a warehouse basically and john is walking up and he's like there's a door in my way and it's maybe my favorite line <laughs> yeah. of <to> this movie <laughs> yeah that's really good and they just, and then they it just and they... blow up the door this <laughs> little, well, and I, think... I, I,
2: I like that they didn't add an extra line because it felt like a thing where it's like there's a door in my way remove it and that would have like <laughs> oh it just turned generic and, like that yeah. c- keeping it very brief and to the point, like that was I
0: yeah. Like that. Yeah, I said this. I said this before, but the, like John Cena is what it is. He is what um, oh God. Vincent D'Onofrio in Jurassic World should mm. be. Or um, what's what's another? Dumb... Oh my God, you're totally right. Now I'm just imagining John Cena in Jurassic what, World. What's what's, what's another? Immediately gets better. Yes. What's another random dumb military? uh GI Joe well no I'm talking yeah, specifically where you've got like the character. action have movie. Channing
2: Tatum replaced with sure. John Cena and I love I'm, the G.I. Joe movies sure.
0: now I'm talking specifically <laughs> like we've you've complained about this often before about about like where we watch a movie where there's some military presence in the movie and he's played Avatar. by Avatar there we oh, go Stephen Lang yeah the bad guy although he's actually pretty replaced... good in that Stephen, Stephen Lang's awesome um but but Who I'm else, saying, like... Yeah, uh, whatever. There, uh, there are other examples. Of worms, of, yeah, that's another conversation. There are others, other examples of this. I can't think of any right now, but that's the big Joseph one. Joseph likes Avatar, by the way. Okay.
1: I haven't <laughs> seen it in a long time. Jemaine Clement just joined the sequels. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's Like exact. this morning.
0: <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, no. I, it's a movie. John, John Cena <laughs> in this movie is just everything that, like... It doesn't necessarily have to be military, I guess, but just like any time you have a villain that you are clearly not going to put effort into actually developing into a right. character, yeah. like this is what that should turn out. I'd
2: rather I'd rather have this than John Turturro in sure. the, the first couple of sure. Transformers movies, where he's just a walking offensive joke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like like he, John Cena. In this is just so, just like I don't know. It's it's excellent. Like just the way he. I mean, the part where he, where he salutes Bumblebee is, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be played for a joke, like, bef- even, bef- silly, even yeah. before the reference, but it still yeah, makes yeah. me laugh. Um, and there's just a lot of stuff he does where it's just, like, he's he's clearly having a, having a good time and just sort of uh, rolling with it. And, yeah. Yeah, I like, it. the paintball bit is fine. The paintball and... bit
1: is good. Yeah, I wish they had gotten more mileage out of him mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. movie, both yeah. for narrative heft, but also because he's a charismatic, funny guy.
0: If they are going to follow up on this, like, I would rather Haley Steinfeld go get to do her own movies that she probably wants to do now that she's been in this and Pitch Perfect and a couple of couple of big fran- franchises she can kind of go to, yeah. which I assume is maybe how they, or why they kind of seem to spin her off. So is your pitch for um, a sequel that John Cena works with the Transformers? Yes. I want, awesome. I want John Cena to be... See,
2: this, and that goes into what I kind of wanted from the sequels to the first movie, where you start to build this relationship of, oh, hey, the U.S. military is working with the Transformers, mm-hmm. and they start to go with that, and then it just gets ignored. Sure.
1: That's also a. I'm like that sounds yeah. like a
2: really cool idea.
1: Also, yep. that's a nice parallel to the Shia LaBeouf to Mark Wahlberg transition. But Haley Steinfeld to John Cena are just <laughs> one. They're two names that make me happier. But also, like it's it's a similar kind of like okay, we had our plucky young, yep. but now she's going off to live her life, and now this this you know muscle boy is going to do it. Yep. and he does look like if Mark Wahlberg ate Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> It's a line You're not from, wrong. What train wreck, I'm I an think, inventor
2: inside of an inventor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a military guy. I am military things. <laughs>
3: Woo. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I don't disagree with you on John Cena. I thought he was nice delightful, yeah. but he needs to be in this a
1: lot more yeah, fun, but underutilized. Yes, and th- and there are movies that. Use use a great performances sparingly, like Dark Knight, in a yeah. way that makes it count for more. But more often than not, you get movies that just underutilize great talent.
0: And Dark Knight Joker is still in. He's in. Like, oh yeah, he's in a, a lot more. much more of that.
1: But that's yeah. a movie where you he's in it less than you think he is. This feels this feels
0: very much like they wrote the script not knowing if John Cena in oh, a big sure. movie like this would really work. Like if they cast yeah. him as just like a regular character, and then it feels like they probably were kicking themselves after him being like, "Man, we really should have gotten him in, yeah. in more of that because." Yeah, I I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for you know because like now so would he be if he continues to on this trajectory which it seems like he is I don't know what else he's he's gonna be in upcoming but he if he continues to do like the the Rock and uh, Dave Batista would he be would he have have there been any other examples of this or is this just like a continuing not, not on
1: this level I mean obviously a lot of wrestlers become actors but usually in like straight to DVD action right. actioners right
2: As... which is where John Cena started
1: right yeah. And join Johnson, like the Marine, mm-hmm. yeah. But as opposed to yeah, but like Dave Batista, who is one forging himself as one of the great comedy straight men, yes, and uh, two a genuinely great yes. dramatic actor, yes. as we saw in the beginning of Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got a movie with Kumail Nanjiani this year that I'm really excited about.
3: Um,
1: everyone stop. Wait, okay, what's going on? Um, so John Cena, got, looking at his upcoming IMDb. He is going to be in um, um he's going to be in Duke Nukem.
3: <laughs> that is perfect. That's
1: perfect. He's going to do the Duke Nukem. That's perfect casting.
3: I am excited. Here's going to be
1: terrible. Yeah, oh. <laughs> i Oh yeah, excited. it's going to be
3: terrible. That is perfect casting. Is
1: there a way like, to I cannot take think this. of a more
2: perfect person.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's going to be in The Suicide Squad 2021. Is he really? I don't know yeah. if that's the same...
2: Please tell me they're going to kill off Joel Kinnaman's character in the first five minutes. Well, he's one of the top three people him?
1: cited, so probably not. Oh, this is the James Gunn one. This is the James Gunn one.
2: Yeah. no, but, but Well, Joel Kinnaman's going to be in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what if they literally kill off Joel Kinnaman in the first five minutes? Then they replace <laughs> his straight military man with John Cena.
1: Maybe. John Cena does not have a character name yet. so But he is also going to be... He's rumored oh, to be in Fast and Furious 9. Sure. But most importantly... John Cena will appear in the Voyage of Doctor Doolittle as the voice of Yoshi. What? That's, yep,
0: that's uh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> hey, guess okay. Let's talk he about these are a number of words. Yeah, uh, Robert uh, Robert
1: Downey Jr. is gonna be playing Doctor Doolittle because now he's you know in movies. Tom Holland, <laughs> Rami Malek, Emma Thompson, Michael Sheen, Octavia Spencer, Ray Fiennes, Marion Cotillard, Antonio Banderas. Kumail? What kind of blackmail do they
2: have on all these actors? Jim Broadbent, Ralph Emerson, Craig <laughs> yes. Robinson.
1: Good night. Well, and Rami Malek's character is named Chi-Chi. I That's thought you were going
2: to say is his, Rami Malek's Michael character Sheen. is named Blofeld.
1: <laughs> Octavia Spencer's character is named Dab-Dab. I can't look at that anymore. <laughs> all right, moving on. And the Zendaya last point is
2: w- <laughs> The last point that I really wanted to discuss was more of the family
1: stuff because... I don't know. It's very hollow. The, but it deals with a very important and very rich subject in a fairly hollow way.
2: The mom is a terrible person. I th- I How so? Kind of, I, I a think she's a, kind of a bad person. I think she's just
0: watch. kind of an ignorant mom. and as, I think she's just yeah, an yeah, but, 80s but, it,
2: but the movie doesn't, like, come down on her in any way. Like there, there's not like a scene where we are thematically building up we're, her character for a reason. Where like the, the whole scene of her just stealing the
0: car—I mean, like, she's not like stealing I I the car. She's that. she's just borrow like families borrow cars. It's, yes, uh, but
2: it, it contradicts the scene prior where she's again. judging Charlie, but then she just does the same. thing. I think thing. there's
0: some some weird some weird cuts. And the
2: scene where and the scene where she gives her the helmet and she turns it into like a family lesson time? Where it's like, no, this is one of our rules. I'm like, it's her birthday.
0: Yeah, and she doesn't want yeah. her daughter to get her brain spilled on the side of the road. <laughs> yes. Hey, but, the best but, birthday it's, gift it's, is getting to have more birthdays.
2: But, but no, no, it's this, not just that. I, I that's, think that's... that's one thing. But to have her be so, like, not actually paying attention to the things her daughter likes to be like, oh, I got you this thing with, like, bright flowers sure. and stuff, and it's clearly something her daughter doesn't like. Once again, that would be fine if we're building up to she doesn't want to like the fact that her daughter's not moving on is a problem for her so she's just trying to ignore it and she's, she's she's trying to focus on the other aspects of her family but it's not really going for that
0: I don't think I guess I also think that saying terrible person you're you're being very overly harsh there I think that I, I this think, is very I... much just your generic uh, overbearing not even really over or I guess kind of kind of ignorant movie mom character very much like the the one from the first transformers i
1: think she's just a shallowly written yeah i don't i
0: don't think that you're supposed to get the implication that she yeah. is awful and that's right, they're right, 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 fair
2: enough fair enough I'll, I'll walk that back a little bit but but uh th- i don't know what to make of the stepdad like sure. i get it like he's all smiles and everything but th- his defining moment is that he
3: drives <laughs> a car real cool yeah, he does. There's no
2: setup and payoff for any of this.
3: <laughs> he represents all of the neckbeards telling Brie Larson to smile.
0: <laughs> I think that is what? exactly what that moment is for.
2: Well, you know, it's, it's kind of strange like, because... Uh, straight,
0: Not yeah, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, obviously Captain Marvel like, hadn't come out yet, but that general, like... that. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, smile
0: more. No, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, I agree.
1: Well,
2: I, I don't know. And, and Britton, I don't, I don't know if you can speak to this at all, but just personal experience, there's one bit of 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 that that I found very realistic and that's him handing her the book to smile um have as someone who's had to deal with like a step family and having mm. to to adjust to new people particularly like a step parent sure,
1: sure sure
2: I've been given a book to try and help teach me life lessons um. by someone who clearly doesn't know me or what sure. I've experienced. <laughs> yeah. And so that that surprisingly, in a movie that felt so hollow, I was like, "Wow, this is like hitting me right, sure. right in the heart." <laughs> like I've been there. I,
1: I I have I do not have a step family myself, so I mm-hmm. haven't. I'm trying to think though if there has been a version Just in terms
2: of a family. Experience. No,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah, we we have some stuff in common. I I'm trying to think if maybe there was a similar moment of someone kind of going here i'll teach you how to or this yeah, will teach you how exactly. to how to cope yeah. in a way that will make you easier to get along with and i i'm sure it happened because that did ring very familiar to me maybe not so much personally familiar but it's just something that like i know happens a lot it's very real yeah it does and and I, I know what you mean that is a surprisingly like um substantial and I, I feel like moment. a lot of people mm-hmm. would just a lot of people would see that and be like, wow,
2: that's just kind of a super cartoony, simplistic view yeah, just to reaffirm that like her parents are completely out of touch. Right. But that's surprisingly realistic, Yeah, at just
1: pulling my own anecdotal experience. You know, I, I agree, and it, and it is odd for that to happen in the with, with a element of the movie that is otherwise... The family is a very shallow part of this movie, mm-hmm. which yes. I wouldn't have a problem with if they didn't try to kind of make them not that but then they write I would have family.
2: focused on either the family or the bullies because the movie just kind of sure. wants to have its cake and eat it too so it just takes both yeah. and then it just doesn't do either of them justice well again
0: again they're, they're both very much just tropes of
2: many yeah. many characters
0: yeah. that are and like also, that fill that role that have come before them there were certain times when I found Charlie kind of unlikable Yeah, like there there were
2: two moments specifically, and, and the first one is when she's like, oh, you, you should give me money for my birthday, and she sounds like really like an entitled brat. And I thought it was really weird how they're like, oh, we don't have enough money to, to you know, give you what you want. But Joseph and I both kind of discussed this. They're, they seem pretty well off just based on their household.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't mean know. that $500 is an easy thing to just drop.
2: Like, I know, especially in the 80s, but... The the way she said it, it made yeah. it seem like they were like lower middle class, and that's not the vibe I was getting just uh, based on their house. I think I think you
1: are reading into this too much.
2: <laughs> I will.
1: Well, Joseph felt the same way. I'm I not think you are both same reading from her, her mom. Much. Does, uh, Pamela Adlon does have a line about like you know how much nurses make. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah. that's why she's not going to get like a big fancy birthday present. But they do have a pretty nice house. I don't know. Well, or, like, I don't know. Like, what I, do,
3: like I, I, I got the context that he didn't have a job and uh. she was a nurse, so obviously they have lower income. And maybe it was like her dad had a higher income, so they're living in that house Could be. because of his his income. And then maybe if – I don't even know if this is
0: the case, but like life insurance, I don't know.
3: Sure. But in oh, terms yeah. I of think, California properties, that is a very nice I property. think
0: we have spent more time thinking about this than the screenwriters did. <laughs> <laughs> I also um, – that's, that's all I'll say about I,
1: that. And just to just to put a final touch on, on this reference or this com- compare, point of comparison – a better version of the protagonist who is not always likable, Edge of Seventeen, <laughs> mm-hmm. does a great job of making you root for somebody.
0: Even also down to the mom who is very uh, out of yeah. touch, but also is sort of like... A real person. All, well, try, yeah, trying to deal with her own grief and therefore is never like, actually yeah. opened up or yeah. connected to her daughter. And, and that movie does like, a
1: really good job of of not judging its main character, yes. but also not letting them get away with yes. everything. Um, it neither romanticizes teen drama, teen nor, angst, teen or, angst, yeah. nor does it demonize it. Yes, it just says like, look, these are the different sides of it. Be a person. Like it's a mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very well achieved movie.
3: Rent Edge of Seventeen at a blockbuster near you. Exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> I have another question about a phrase, uh, Alex, that you use: "Have your cake and eat it too." Who wants to just have a cake a and question. do nothing with it? That's a phrase I've never
3: understood. uh, Do you not have a cake like case at your uh, in your kitchen, like just one of those um, the the glass? uh, Yeah. Well, do you displays?
1: And that you just so is the point that you would just have a cake and then just the stand-up bit is going nowhere. Um, I'm glad I get to workshop it here. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the the deal with airline food? food?
0: Oh, this is this is interesting. This is this is strange. You look at the etymology. (laughs) Yes. So so the actual meaning is that you cannot both have your cake and have eaten it at the same time oh
1: oh, to love something you must destroy it
0: yes (laughs) oh my god it's Prometheus no
1: I I I, I understand I don't really know if you eat the cake you can't have the cake anymore because it's
0: it's supposed to illustrate the concept of trade-offs or opportunity costs oh like Full Metal Alchemist yes gotcha I think so I think that's probably where it originated from Okay, Uh, it says it was in in the 30s or 40s so that was the right time
1: well thank you for tuning into this episode of The Illusionist
3: um (laughs) Speaking of trade-offs, you guys know you know Ab Guy, the guy that she spills lemonade mm-hmm, on? I do. We haven't even talked about the pseudo-boyfriend. I was really, really hoping that whenever she spilled lemonade on him, it would like pan up and it was just Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> and he <laughs> goes, well, cold, like cold, cold, to... cold, cold!
1: That would have been great. Another
2: thing that I found superficial was, was the, the not-boyfriend. Sure. Um, yeah, he didn't need to be in the movie. The movie treats him as an afterthought, yes. like he's purposely like played as a joke
1: afterthought. Which is—is is that supposed to be like the subversion of a trope or something of like a rom-com trope or something? Maybe I don't know. But no, yeah, it's it's literally really just really
0: fast. it's literally just this is the boy that she doesn't notice because she's obsessed with the other boy again. Edge of Seventeen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, then... it
2: feels like they're gonna start doing like, like playing it more complexly like no. yes we're, we're being self-aware about it we know what this guy's part to
0: play in this is but then i did really appreciate just not in the movie for a huge chunk of it i did really appreciate the bit where um he's like i'll stay behind to to, to hold these guys off although i was very confused because i thought that was the the decepticons coming and mm-hmm. i was like what is he got? why is she okay what's happening and then um, yeah and then he turned into a robot <laughs> just, yeah <laughs> um Turns out he was Optimus Prime all. <laughs> I will kill them all. Uh, but the I, I appreciated the bit where he was like, "Oh, I'll try and I'll try and hold them off." And there's a nice moment there, and she she kisses him on the cheek, and then and then he he goes and he's like, "Hey, stop!" And then they just drive past him, and he like cowers down. Yeah, I thought that was, that was funny. funny. That was that was I think actually a bit of, of subversion. That was a neat bit of.
2: Oh, you Ryan Johnson I mean, fanboy, yeah, 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 yeah. you? Oh,
0: I am Ryan Johnson. Actually, I don't. I, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> For our, for the 150th?
0: Yes. Episode? Yeah. Uh, we were revealing my my true identity. Ron <laughs> Johnson John's the whole time. <laughs>
2: See, Tyler, you should have practiced his annoying laugh beforehand. That way you could have just whipped it out. I
0: don't know if I've ever heard him talk in a, in, a, in an interview. I don't think I know what his voice is. I'm not even sure. There are uh, a lot of directors that that I don't know what said, they like. I realize like. I have an annoying laugh, so I, I, I recognize the irony <laughs> in <laughs> pointing that out. Um, but I subverted my, uh, I don't know. I subverted the subversion,
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I I feel like you could have just cut the the not boyfriend entirely, and the movie yeah. would not be any. Well, different. they they need, I, I think he
0: serves a decent role as having someone for her to bounce off of yeah. while she's dealing with. Or you could just have this bumblebee be able to talk. But the, I think that the, that's clearly not what the movie's going for. Instead, so they're having a. Fun yeah, time I don't think that.
1: he hurt the movie, but I don't think he really added something to it that was super duper necessary.
0: Yeah. yeah
2: no I, it's I think it's kind of interesting that we're just bringing up na- him up now sure. in the discussion like I think except like, for when I we mentioned
0: him earlier about uh, needing his shirt and then also he, he was like weird. super muscular not super muscular but like nah, he was he was really, he was Hollywood yes. unattractive right. yes
2: exactly. which means he's more attractive than like 70% yes. of guys yeah. 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 and so it's like what
0: why are we having this scene uh, yeah it made no sense why not <laughs> there are a lot of moments like that in this movie that made me laugh, and I don't think the movie wanted me to laugh at those moments. But you yeah. know, it is what it is. Again, it's a very, it's a, it's a very unself-aware movie, I think.
1: Well, and speaking of just regular people that you know are just average-looking, Joe's on the street. We're doing Aquaman next week. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, oh, you know Jason Momoa. He's the most normal guy. Especially abs. when he
3: shaves his beard and everyone freaks out. He
1: does look <laughs> strange. With, he was in a, a movie with, called Bullet to the Head with Sylvester Stallone. Bullet he, to the Head? Bullet to the Head.
3: Uh, right between the eyes, perhaps? Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I was
0: waiting for it. I knew the second he said that, Tyler was going to do
1: that. <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> I uh, the, it! The, the, the title is uh, utilized very much in the film where he, he doesn't have. He either doesn't have a beard or just has, like, stubble. And mm-hmm. it's bizarre it's a strange looking strange looking thing. also
2: his his conan the barbarian movie he's missing facial hair is he i haven't seen that it's very strange
1: i like him a lot that, that that's all for that's just to give you a little teaser of next week i had a bunch of jokes that i wrote for the episode but i wrote them a week and a half ago
0: so we'll see what i remember <laughs> um oh i was gonna say the la- last thought on this uh one one part where the movie did did get me after a uh, initially i started to groan um was where the 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 kid they they steer the um or a run dr- drives into the intersection which was like a weird like th- that was a strange scene where like all yeah. the cars come from every direction and stop like right there yeah and it I was had no idea what was, it was like am i supposed to be like is this, is, this is i a, guess it's funny I, it's, it's a funny ju- right yeah it was strange. yeah um but then uh the kid goes, that was radical. And I was like, <laughs> okay. We, they ha- I, And then he barfs. It's like a, like a, yeah. And it's just like very, just like on screen. Just like yeah. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I both appreciate the parents a movie that
2: doesn't like, oh, he leans out of frame to barf. Yeah. So the actor <laughs> just... doesn't actually have anything in his mouth.
0: I, it's very um, um, Baby Groot from Guardians 2. Yeah, after that's they, exactly that, what after I thought. After they go through though, the, the wormholes or whatever. Not to yeah.
1: spoil my Pitch Perfect review. I don't like seeing that on screen. It grosses me out. <laughs> Except... When Baby Groot... And I saw it with Tyler and Alex. And when Baby Groot threw up in Guardians 2, I, like, bark laughed. It was it was obnoxious. Very well done. And that, so, and the that, bit was, that, that, like, I literally just, like, honked when I laughed. It was so funny to me. Because the look on his face, he's just
0: like... <laughs> 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 and it was green. Yeah, it was I, so I, silly. I thought that was used well in this movie, too. Where right? I think that was a good undercut of the... what what I, Like, when he said that, I was just like, well, that was... Like, of course, we got to do more it's the eighties nostalgia, and then the part And I was just not expecting it. I was like, that was pretty good.
1: Do you want to do grades? I mean, do we have anything else we need to say?
3: I don't really have anything else to say. Same here. I don't know, Joseph. Anything? Nope. Oh,
1: okay. Joel, Joel Schumacher, any uh, last uh, last notes you want to give before we ship put this thing in the can? I don't think you realize how big this boat
2: is. It's supposed to hit you full force. Yes. I feel it's like it's going to decimate you. Why are you
1: cowering like it's a dinghy? I feel like this is a yacht.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're the dinghy, Haley. <laughs> I'm not even getting hit by the boat. Sorry, I just I'm projecting. I'm just I'm sorry. I uh... I'm like a pokemon and I'm using
0: self destruct.
1: For all dingy, what? but we all want to be yachts, you know? That's how it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're enabling Halakson as Joel Schumacher. Impression. Yeah, I mean, I'm literally <laughs> and inviting and him to do He's a recovering addict. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm literally <laughs> inviting him to do it. Would Luke George slowly, you got anything else George Lucas you got anything <laughs> <out of dick? laughs> well, well, i Well I might bring been it up detoxing.
0: During detoxing What <laughs> slowly, slowly been
2: Dino. detoxing From the Joel Schumacher impressions And then Britain just brought me back That's what I'm, that's
0: what I'm here for <laughs> I saved the George moments For when the George moments Are It's necessary.
1: the 150th anniversary We gotta bring all the hits back We gotta talk we about how We need
2: to do power rankings Of, of the Transformers movies we, I think that We gotta
1: talk about how John Cena's a real stuff. bobo justice You know We gotta, we gotta <laughs> Play all the hits So you wanna do a ranking Of the Transformers movies
2: Yes, but we'll do grades first okay. because yeah, sure. one leads into the other. Um, who wants Who wants to go first? B minus. I told you. <laughs> Joseph did call that to a T. There we go.
1: Uh, I'm going to go A minus. Oh, snap. I, my, my enjoyment oh my of this God. movie was so – I really, really enjoyed it, but I acknowledge the problems it has. <laughs> and I also – I don't know – when I watch it a second time, I might go B. I don't think I'll ever hate this movie, but uh, – Honestly, I, I, just, I, I had a really, really good time watching it. Uh,
3: I'm going to go C+. Hey. Um, I liked it. I'm not going to watch it again.
4: Sure.
2: Um, Probably same here. Yeah. I'm going C-. Okay. Oh. Got a full um, range here. Which, like I said, uh, just in terms of just grades, this is the second highest Transformers movie. <laughs> what a, what an
0: accomplishment for the Transformers franchise.
2: Um, so, like, like I said, everything's relative. Um but once again, it's just everybody was telling me this, this movie is so much better than Dave. Sure. Like, if I if, if you had told me Michael Bay directed this movie and I just go into it, like, with that mm-hmm. mindset, I'd probably be like, oh, that was fine. Yeah. But instead I'm like, oh, that was fine. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, everything's relative. And I was judging it more harshly because everybody was acting like this was an actual movie. Sure. <laughs>
0: I mean, it is. It, it, it if, is. If we're gonna, no, it is. <laughs> but
2: I'm judging it to a higher standard because of that. An we're judging actual, it on the, yeah. uh, the
0: high standard of Transformers movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think there could be a good Transformers movie made. Sure, I yeah. think you can make a good movie of almost anything. But, mm-hmm. um, so Hulk. let me go ahead and just do my my rough rankings. <laughs> okay. Real quick. So, like I said, and everybody's gonna think I'm nuts. Um, everybody already thought that both Tyler and myself were nuts for thinking the third one of the original five the, is the best the but nuns
0: is. of fans who reached out to us to say what were you thinking <laughs> yeah I remember all the
2: I remember the tweet storms <laughs> you guys got rid, ridden out of town on a rail I think at one point <laughs> <laughs> um so Dark of the Moon is my top Transformers movie um that last half I think is is really really cool um <laughs> sure uh, I don't know uh then Bumblebee, Um Then the first Transformers. Uh, then I have Age of Extinction and The Last Knight with the exact same grades. Um, I think I'm going to go with Last Knight because I don't remember any action sequence from Age of Extinction that I was genuinely like, oh, that, that looks cool. Because mm-hmm. there was just so much shoddy CGI yes. in Age of Extinction. Extreme. So I'm going to go with Last Knight. Then Age of Extinction, then Revenge of the Fallen is one
0: of the worst movies ever made. Correct. I think
2: nobody will disagree with me on <laughs> that. Exactly. So that's
0: that's so, the common ground we will find. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin this off, and we're gonna, we're just gonna see if follow along with my grades, see if see if this is right. All right, Bumblebee. Uh, all right, Bumblebee. Uh, all right. Um, Dark the Moon. Yep.
2: First Transformers. Uh, so far, so good. Let me let me see. We have last night in separate spots. So, okay yeah go ahead Um, last night
0: yep uh, the fourth one (laughs) (laughs) yep and then revenge of the fallen
2: (laughs) yep and to be fair you gave transformers transformers age of extinction and transformers the last night you gave all of those a D okay
0: that's about right that that would be the order I would put those in if if I gave them all the same grade alright Joseph power rankings go okay uh, Bumblebee,
3: the original, Dark of the Moon, um, Last Night, Age of Extinction, Fallen. Okay. And Britain, since you've only seen yeah like Bumblebee two, and then the three other of ones.
1: Them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I right. guess uh, uh, Revi- uh, Bumblebee then Dark of the Moon, just because I don't remember anything about it, but I'm sure I like it more than Last Night. And I mean, I, uh, the question That's is, cool. would I rather watch a Mark Wahlberg or a Shia LaBeouf movie? That's the hard
2: question. One
3: movie uh, or. Team Marky Mark. One I thing guess, I did so, notice,
2: yeah. um, watching last night, I think Steve Jablonski's score... for night, all last of night. the. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think all of Steve Jablonski's score for those first five Transformers movies went a long way in yes. selling the drama. Absolutely. And this movie doesn't have a score like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were a couple of moments, if I'm remembering correctly, there were a couple of moments in this one where I was like, hey, I'm really digging what they're doing there. Like, they, the... The score kind of like kicked in for half a second, and I was like, "That's it. I like. I like what's. I like this. This. You know what they're doing with this. Uh, but yeah, by and large, it again is the same problem that happens a lot of time when you have a movie like this where you just kind of shove the soundtrack in. Yeah. Um. Pretty yeah. much the Guardians movies again are kind of the only exception to this where like they actually have a really good score behind. Does anybody
2: remember the score to Suicide Squad? Yeah. Like, is that? Is there? A score yeah. I think to suicide it was like. Squad? Did
0: they have a composer? And <laughs> <Composer? laughs> that was just. Yeah, like it was, it was just Jared
2: Leto, huh? Well, was it just Jared Leto? Like yeah. they just gave him a whole bunch of, of things to just bash against mm-hmm. a wall, and then that's what they made into the score. Like I buy it. <laughs>
1: yeah, Suicide Squad is probably one of the worst movies I've watched for this show. Which I'd seen it anyway, but like I, you're welcome. <laughs> well, I'd already seen. It. I saw it with you guys. or saw it with you at least. Yeah, I made no, no, the no, advice
2: decision you know, to go watch it after the fact. <laughs> Britton that's that's when we secured our that's friendship. That's true. We talked about it afterwards yeah. for like three hours. Yeah, we did.
1: Yeah, I was. I was like, Yes. Yeah, honestly, you did. It was worth it. It was the first time was worth it for this friendship, which I treasure. The second time I was just grumpy. <laughs> and after he, after we saw it the first time, hearing someone behind me going, "I feel like that was a pretty good representation representation of the f word Suicide Squad." And I just remember, like, the pressure in my neck as I tried to not turn my head around and. Just
0: 360 or th- 180, just like. Uh, that. What? Like, the resisting the whiplash. <laughs> Man.
1: I did not like that movie.
2: All right, so next week we're doing Bumblebee. Or, no, no, no that's Aquaman. what we did this week. We're doing Aquaman.
1: <laughs> that's correct. Who just. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> just warg into your previous self or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Aquaman. Uh. I give it a C I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep locking
2: that in there because it's going to happen I'm going to change my grade on it I'm gonna stand on this hill and I am going to die on this hill it'll probably be a C (laughs) plus we'll see how that goes but I'm giving it a C Tyler
1: have we ever all given the same grade to a movie
0: back to the future yeah obviously joseph i i assumed you would give that an a plus joseph no did i, I oh, okay. give it an a plus did i, I give I? it an a plus oh what am i thinking May, i mean
2: suicide squad we all gave F's. okay hey cool.
0: logan logan that, that's logan, probably actually IP. what i yeah, yeah. I love that movie. There, uh, i think there's
2: the a... first matrix we all gave b's and okay. matrix revolutions we all gave f's sure that's really interesting. They
1: gave that an F. I don't. I'm not
2: surprised. I'm, I'm it,
0: trying but. to see if there's any that all four of us would agree on. Joseph, would you agree on a plus for Logan? Yeah. Okay. That's well, there so we go. Uh, that might be. That might be the one. Yep.
1: Well, thanks for hanging in there for 150 episodes, mm-hmm. audience.
0: Mm-hmm. Unless this is your first one, in which case, You're how? You're welcome. You? They're not usually too. You're hours not long. allowed to listen to this <laughs> until you go back and listen to the other ones. And I don't even know if they're all like on iTunes right now because there's so many. <laughs> They're all on Castbox. Sure.
3: They're, they're on the uh, podcast app.
0: No, no, no. Like, the, like, I was looking through the other day, and, like, there's like the first two episodes aren't there, at least on huh. my app. And I was like, Weird. I should probably look into that. Well, they're all on the website at Here Comes the That's correct. Uh, you could also email us uh, to find out more about how you can listen to those episodes at Here Comes Sequels at You can find us on Twitter at hctsequels. Uh, I think that's it because we're not on youtube anymore youtube suspended us for spam we are that's it yeah that's it i'm just yeah so i guess
1: your homework is go watch rumble in the bronx and also aquaman
2: or don't that's fine too we have a free-flowing environment here you
1: can do that (laughs) (laughs) we're like a montessori podcast we don't really encourage Mm -hmm. structure we encourage absorption sure just as long as you respect everyone's
2: feelings. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh Tyler, we've already divulged and like explained what our plans are, right? I think so. I think we did last time. It's Aquaman
0: and right. then it's Roger Moore. It will be Aquaman, the Roger Moore Bond era, and then I think we're doing Indiana Jones, then the next Bond era, the final Bond era that we have not done, and then uh, Fast and the Furious. Much to Alex's chagrin. We could also throw in Pitch Perfect in there. We
1: could also throw in
0: some Pitch Perfect. Three movies, it, it, totally, they're, if it de- they're
1: very different. If
2: it delays the inevitable, that is Fast Oh no, it'd and be after Fast and, and, game. and Furious, of course.
1: My, the, the main, <laughs> no! the, the big selling point for Pitch Perfect is one that, well, just there's a lot of selling points, but it's a, it's a departure in terms of action movies. <laughs> That's very true. But, it still, would... but But action sequences and musical sequences are very similar, mm-hmm. and so you still get some of that.
0: So it was of, i mean as time, much as we were kind of like miserable through much of the twilight saga it was nice to get kind of a different yeah angle on the, characters the whole time and i'm things. gonna be
2: like even if it, they're not the greatest movies i'm gonna be like anna kendrick's the main character like yeah you're fine B,
1: <laughs> like we're done yes yeah, speaking. like yes yeah, speaking of bay effect am i right <laughs> uh, i love her <laughs> <laughs> She's also the star of my one of the stars of my favorite bad movie ever. So I mean, you know, you had a lot of opinions. What, what is it? It's called Camp. Okay. It was her first film in two thousand three. I absolutely love it. Anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank
2: you for sticking around to one hundred and fifty episodes. If you did or whatever, it's fine. Thank you for listening, um, regardless. Genuinely, here's
0: to at yeah. least a few more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Probably like two. Hey, I don't know. Hey, here come the next hundred and fifty, right, guys? <laughs>
0: turn that into a hashtag are there are there 300 movies that's a are there clear. 300 oh there are definitely just, 300 movies just movies no just, Released just, just, year, just, yeah, just any, at least
1: per year yeah <laughs> we'll do the shark i'm not convinced am we'll the need sharknado see, movies at some point i'm gonna need to see the numbers on these. <laughs> I need, I'm, I'm really not well you count like foreign films and everything okay there we go all right, all right we're done here <laughs> <laughs> Artist objective nothing
2: is real thank you everyone good night